Blog Talk Radio. A long seven-month wait is over, Miami Hurricane fans. Fall practice began today on the newly spruced-up Green Tree practice field, where the colorful new artificial turf field had its unveiling, and the Canes began building toward their September 1st opener at Louisville. Here, in the words of your head coach, Al Golden, is a summary of what he will be attempting to get done in the next four weeks. We've got to take a big step in terms of uh, how we attack on the field, uh, the type of team we want to be, establishing our own identity, being grateful for those that came before us, but really being proud of saying, okay, I get it, but this is who we are. This is who the 14 version of the Canes are, and I, that's what I want to see. You know, every team is different. This team was different than last year's team. The team is reborn every year, and, and what I really want to see these guys come out and do is all the things they did in the spring and the summer, I want to see that translate into our brand, into who, our, who we are, into our identity. And uh, it's their time. You know, it's their time to show uh, what type of team they are or what they have become. And uh, that's the edge that, uh, that I want to see. And, uh, again, it's, it's always important here. We, we play one of the greatest traditions that there is in college football. We're proud of that. Uh, and, and we respect the heck out of that. But it's really important for these guys to represent, you know, right now who they are. And uh, I really want to see that more than ever. I want to see that uh, because these guys have had a different uh, approach to things uh, since January. And I want to see that uh, continue uh, with their accountability, with being focused, with being unselfish, uh, with continuing to communicate really, really well. Uh, I want to see that continue here in training camp when it gets really hard. This whole camp for us is going to be about just, you know, just understanding how to just put your head down and, and keep going. Uh, and, and worrying about your one, you know, one play, next play mentality when you're on the field. You have a bad play, go on to the next play. Don't let it impact three or four. Uh, one series, uh, one day, one practice, one game. And uh, that's what we got to, you know, this team is different from last year. But if we didn't learn from the bowl experience, if we didn't learn from being in that setting in Tallahassee, then we're not doing our job. And we have to really learn how to go week to week, you know, irrespective of who the opponent is or where we're playing, and, uh, and take care of our one. And they're, all, they're 12 one-game missions. And uh, I want to start that mindset right now in terms of uh, I'm going to go one day at a time. And it needs to be to the standard uh, that this team establishes, that the staff establishes, and, and, and we need to be accountable to it. And if it's not, uh, then there's got to be consequence. You know, we, we, cannot, uh, we cannot, uh, cannot go backwards at any point during this uh, camp. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to a new season of Kane Sport Live. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Kane Sport, and we're once again getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in Hurricane Sports. I've just returned from Green Tree Practice Field, wolfed down some dinner, and I'm armed with all kinds of information, observations, and perspectives that I hope will fill your next two hours in quality fashion. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. A lightning storm delayed the start of practice by 30 minutes today, 
and we used that time to have a long chat with Miami defensive coordinator Mark D'Onofrio to pick his mind a little bit on how he plans to make this Canes defense better in 2014. We'll talk about that tonight. Today, we also got our first look at the quarterbacks on the Miami roster. Ryan Williams, trying desperately to come back from ACL surgery, limited in his work on the practice field today, and wasn't willing to give us any timeline whatsoever of when he expects to be able to accelerate his activity out on Green Tree. Then you had Jake Heaps, the transfer from Kansas, trying very hard to be Miami's starting quarterback, a last-ditch effort on his part to be successful in the college game after previous stops with BYU and Kansas where he didn't really have a lot of talent around him and those teams struggled mightily um, under his tenure. Now he's at Miami for his fifth year and he is counting on the fact that he is going to be able to beat out these other challengers and be Miami's starting quarterback this fall. Then there's Brad Kaya, a true freshman that certainly looked the part out on the practice field today. Throws a beautiful ball is a big presence in the pocket. Um, Brad Kaya, without question, is going to be factoring into this Miami quarterback derby here this fall and in the weeks, months, and years to come. Kevin Olson, kind of like the odd guy out because he's had some missteps off the field, can't play in game one because he's suspended for that game. And that sort of has really polluted his efforts to be Miami's quarterback this year, in addition to the fact that the other guys might simply be better. Um, Kevin Olson um, sort of had a little bit of, a, of a, an odd persona about him today, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, you could tell he's not the happiest guy in the world with everything that's gone on, even though he only has himself to blame. And then you have Malik Rozier, the other true freshman that nobody's really thinking about because there's so much focus on Kaya. But when we watched Rozier today, he showed us an ability uh, to get the ball where it needed to be and, and make plays. And, um, you know, I don't know if he can get enough done here in the next four weeks to be Miami's starting quarterback at Louisville. But without question, Malik Rozier is going to be a quality part of this roster. Um, so there's tons of stuff to talk about tonight. And we also invite you to send in your comments, comments and topics on Twitter to hashtag CaneSportLive. And we'll be monitoring that as the show goes on, hashtag CaneSportLive. And you're also free to to make posts on the canesport.com war room message board. And then, of course, we would like to see everybody call into the show tonight and participate in the conversation. Again, the number 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. It's here, Canes fans. A new football season, a new season of Cane Sport Live. And there's no better way to get it going than right now heading out to the 641 for our first caller of the season. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you there? Going once, going twice. All right, well, he, was, he, he had a chance to be our first caller. Let's try the 515 this time where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, Hello? I'm not supposed to be uh, on. I was just trying to listen. Oh, Okay. Um, well, then we'll go on to the next case, and we'll leave you on hold. Um, let's shoot on over to the uh, 973, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Hey, guys, if you're on the phone, you've you, you got to listen to the show on the phone and not, not on your computer, because you'll get a little bit of a delay there. All right, let's try the 910 this time. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Okay, um, we're not doing... 
so well here with the phone calls so far tonight. Um, let's try the uh, let's try the six four one this time, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? All right. Hopefully, we are not having technical difficulties. Um, if we are, please uh, give me a heads up um, either on the message boards or um, through Twitter hashtag Kane Sport Live, and we'll. Uh, We'll try to see if we can obviously get that fixed and, and get you guys on the show. Um, in the meantime, um, without question, when you watch practice today, one of the guys that, that clearly was trying to be a leader out on the field was Duke Johnson, you know, the great running back, coming back now for his junior season. And um, there's no secret, Duke Johnson is hoping to have a great year this year, uh, hopefully go to the NFL after this season is over. And, um, you know, Coach Golden – has really been impressed with the work that Duke's been putting in. Um, let's listen real quick and see what Al Golden had to say about Duke Johnson. He's doing great. Uh, he's got an edge about him. He's got a focus about him that he continued and grew, uh, you know, for, since the spring. Physical, uh, more durable, stronger version of Duke Johnson, but faster. You know, at 208 pounds, now running his fast, his fastest 40s as a Miami Hurricane. So uh, excited about the edge that he brings. Uh, to this training camp, um, he he's been fully integrated long ago, uh, and his conditioning is good. So I don't I don't uh, think we're going to have any uh, setbacks uh, relative to that. Uh, but at the same time, we're excited about that group in general, uh, with the emergence of Gus, uh, Yerby. Um, you know, Tucker gave us a lot of work there in the spring. Uh, DeAndre Johnson. So uh, we have depth there, and. Uh, I think uh, Duke has done a good job of, uh, of mentoring a lot of those guys. Uh, he's a different uh, person right now. Uh, as I said, he's stronger. He's more durable. He's in great condition. And, uh, again, he's got a lot of guys around him. Um, he's got a lot of experience around him, both at wide out and tight end. Uh, and now he's got some guys uh, in the backfield that uh, can help him carry the load. So I don't think we need to modify anything uh, with Duke. We'll be prudent with him, just like we are with anybody. Um, but I, he, he wants to go. He's ready to go. And uh, he, it's not been, hey, I'll wait till I get to camp to test it. He's been, he's been testing it out here for all of summer B, which I believe started June 28th. I think the biggest thing is we all want to see him pick up where he left off. Okay? He was pressing his runs. They were hitting where they were designed to hit. Uh, so he had great discipline at the end of last year. Uh, he was running uh, between the, the, the tight ends really well. Uh, and then when he got to the second level, he, he would, you know, allow his talent to take over. Um, but he was very disciplined in that. And, uh, again, I don't know if you guys feel the same way as observers, but I know this. He was running differently in those last three and a half games uh, prior. He was running as strong and as hard as I've ever seen him run and uh, delivering stiff arms, uh, lowering his pads, uh, running really where the ball needed to be run. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, just prior to the end, I'm talking moments, Prior to the injury, he was running the ball, uh, uh, you know, at Florida State as, as, as well as anybody probably all year. He was running the ball really well. So uh, we need him to pick up where he left off, uh, and uh, we'll go from there. Right, that was Al Golden talking about Duke Johnson, who has obviously made it clear that he is looking to take this Hurricane team and own it and make it his team and stand up and be a leader out there, not just on the practice field, which is what he was doing today, but when the games start at Louisville. And um, there's no doubt about it that Duke Johnson can walk the walk as well as talk the talk. All right, we're going to take another shot at these phone lines, and let's uh, 
try going out now to the 912, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, it's Gene Wade, just on your board. I wanted to uh, ask a question about uh, the hunger of the team. I want to find out what the status of the defense is. Are we going to stop them on third down? Are we going to go up to, uh, to Louisville and punch them in the mouth? Are we going to go up to Florida State and punch them in the mouth? I'm going to go ahead and hang up. Please give me your responses. All right, well, you know, don't hang up because you may have a follow-up question, but let me tackle these um, one at a time, and we'll start with um, the hunger of the team. And um, I'll be honest with you, you know, because you know I don't ever sugarcoat things for you guys, and, and I always try to keep it real. I was a little bit surprised at practice today by sort of how quiet it was out there, and, and I, I didn't hear a ton of enthusiasm and, and guys, you know, rah-rah and, and, and getting fired up after seven months of inactivity. And uh, that sort of caught me by surprise a little bit. I would have thought these guys would be uh, chomping at the bit much more. Um, it was a very workmanlike practice today. And, um, you know, they obviously, the coaches obviously were doing a lot of teaching. Uh, there was not a, a – well, there was a reasonable amount of 11-on-11 action, but it was mostly hurry-up offense type stuff and, and a lot of short passes and things like that. And um, just kind of caught me by surprise a little bit. I, I, I kind of expected a little bit more after, you know, the way they ended last season in the bowl game and, and having to wait seven long months to get back at practice. Um, Would have expected a little bit more of a spirited session, but, you know, maybe that'll come tomorrow. You know, we'll see how that goes. Um, now, your, your next question about the defense, and obviously that's something uh, that I expect us to be talking about a lot tonight and, and is very much on everybody's mind. And um, for that reason, I, I got lucky today and that there was a little bit of a rain delay and I was able to sort of get in a corner with Mark D'Onofrio and, and had a great conversation and was able to ask him a lot of, a lot of questions about a lot of things and, and get a really good understanding of, of what their mindset is on defense, what they think about the personnel that they have coming back and, um, you know, obviously they're looking to be much better on defense this year. They they think that this is the best personnel that they've had since they've been at Miami. Um, obviously, there's a lot of guys they need to come through for them. There, there there's issues at question marks at linebacker with Alex Figueroa um, having the rape issue and, and and being out of the equation now. Uh, Denzel Perryman moving into the middle, and there's really no question that at that position in particular. Um, you're a stub toe by Denzel Perriman away from, you know, really being in a tough situation. So there's a sense of urgency at linebacker right now to get those guys as ready as possible uh, for the season. Uh, obviously, they're looking at Michael Weish to fill the, the void at, at nose tackle. And, and, you know, wait till you get a, a look at this kid. I mean, he is the widest human being I've seen on a football field in, in a long time. I mean, to me, he makes Vince Wolfork look like a midget out there. I mean, he, he, is, he is a big guy and um, had a little problems with the heat on Green Tree today, but made it through practice, and um, he's excited to be in Miami, and, and they're obviously excited to have him and are counting on him an awful lot in the middle of the line. Um, but from there, it's really totally wide open. I mean, um, it's a stampede. It's, it's, it's wide open competition. Anybody could emerge as starters. Uh, there's nobody guaranteed a role in, in any regard, really. And uh, 
that's making the coaches very happy because they think that that competition that they have on the practice field, and you can also carry it over to the defensive back position where there's enormous amount of competition. They're expecting that competition as camp goes forward here and the players get into it uh, to pay huge dividends on getting this team ready for the season. So did that answer your question? Yeah, um, the, yeah, that does answer part of it. Now, the thing that I'm concerned about, one of the things I think the defense had to take a, a, a major hit on was the fact is that we were really having a hard time with third downs last year. And I think because of that, we were doing, you know, three and outs, and the defense was on the field a hell of a lot more than it needed to be. So that was part of the problem. And so I, is, you know, is, is that something that uh, Coley's looking at to try and change up some schemes and, be more of a uh, possession instead of long hitting. And the second part of that would be what kind of schemes are we looking at on the defensive side that's realistic? I mean, are we going to have stick to a 43 or are we going to look at a 34 uh, or some other kind of defensive trains? Um, you make a, a fantastic point about third down. And to me, that was one of the real keys of last season. The struggles on third down, not just on the defensive side of the ball in getting off the field, but how about the offensive side of the ball where the third down conversion rates were abysmal? And, and, and a lot of that was on Stephen Morris, who did not have a very good uh, final season and, and missed on a lot of passes on third downs. Um, but there is no question that they need to focus on a few things here as this season begins. Um, you could start – let's start on offense. Uh, they they got to try to get in more short yardage situations on third down. Way too many third and longs last year that put them in some bad situations and contributed to their failures in that regard. Um, I think you're going to see um, a little bit more use of the running game this year, trying to stay out of third and long. Even though you've got great receivers and everything, it's almost like the toy that you can overuse. And so I'm expecting them to really focus hard on, on get, you know, getting positive yardage on first down and getting themselves into some better down and distances on third down in particular, and then even also on second down as they set themselves up for third down. So, you know, you can look for that to be a big focus as the season um, approaches here. Uh, defensively, without a doubt, they have to do a better job getting off the field. So um, how's that going to happen? I think you've got to look at the pass rush without question. They must do a better job of getting to the quarterback. Um, and I think the improved defensive backfield, and I do expect it to be markedly improved, can also pay huge dividends in that regard um, in buying the lineman time to get to the quarterback if the coverage is a little bit better than what it's been. And um, I, I think that you can count on that being the case. I think the question is, how much better is it going to be? How much greater can this defense become in the seven months of the offseason with primarily the same players. I mean, you've got a couple guys coming in who figure to play early. I think Chad Thomas has a chance to play on the D-line um, without question. Um, I think you, you're going to inject some Jamal Carter um, there in the secondary. Um, but for the most part, you're dealing with the, the same cast that was out there last season and counting on individual improvement. And we're going to find out whether that can happen. And if it doesn't happen quickly, then I think you're going to start seeing some mass substitutions of new bodies into the equation um, that will form a new face of the Miami defense. Okay, my last question, and, and probably one of the questions that I, I think a lot of people that are, are fans really want to know, 
this guy Heaps came down from Kansas. We all know that you know people have got some opinions about him, but if you see him in some of these videos that he's out there, this guy actually's got a pr- pretty good grasp of the game and he has good control. Is this guy the guy that can actually run, get us down the field and can control the game? Do you think this guy has confidence to get it done, and do you think he can beat out the people that's in front of him right now? There's no question he has the confidence. That's not even an issue. He is as confident, well-spoken uh, kid as, as you'll meet. He's, he clearly is trying to be a leader. He's, he's enthusiastic on the practice field. He's always clapping his hands, even if they have a bad play. You know, he, he tells everybody, shake it off and, and move on to the next play. Um, so without question, Jake Heaps is behaving on the practice field, at least he was today, like a guy that's planning on being the starter for this football team. Um, had a little bit of an uneven practice but from, you know, from what I saw. Uh, you know, he clearly doesn't have his timing down with the receivers when it, when it comes to a full practice like what they had today. Big difference between being out there in an 11-on-11 with, you know, with calls being made and things like that then when they did seven on sevens and you know during the off season so uh, there's an adjustment period going on here uh obviously timing issues are always a um a problem for offenses early in any training camp uh in fact we you know those of you that live in south florida we've been hearing it about the dolphins now for the last week or so how their offense took a little bit of time to get some rhythm going and some timing going early in camp. Defense always has an advantage the first week, um, but it's something that should get better day by day. And the one thing that we did see is he does have decent arm strength. Uh, he can get the ball down the football field. He has nice touch um, on the, the short passes and the intermediate passes. So, you know, I think there's some promise there. And I, and I think that if he keeps working and he can develop that chemistry with his teammates, that Jay Keeps could end up being a godsend for this program because, you know, even though you watch Brad Kaya in practice and he, he looks good as well, you, you can't mistake the fact that he's a true freshman who has never played and Jay Keeps has 30 starts under his belt. And uh, that's a huge advantage um, when it, it comes time to have scrimmages and, and get ready to play a ball game. And I think it's going to take a lot for Jay Keeps to not be the starting quarterback um, at Louisville. And, you know, the wild card – Ryan Williams is, is dying to get out there. You could see he wants to rush back. He's doing all that the doctors and trainers will let him do in terms of throwing some light passes and things like that. Um, but I have to believe that he's not going to be ready to start a ball game in, in four weeks. So uh, my money right now is on Jay Keeps, and uh, I'm not looking to judge him too much on what he did in practice today alone because uh, I think the chips were stacked against him out there in his first practice without timing with the receivers and just adjusting to a new environment. All right, man. Well, thanks for walking the call, and, and, and hopefully we've got some more guys that are going to call in some more uh, information. Thanks again. Oh, we will. I'm sure we'll be busy for the, the next hour or two. So, uh, yeah, thank you for calling in and participating, and we hope you'll uh, come back and be a part of the show in future weeks. All right, the call-in number is 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Let's try the 561 this time, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Brad in West Palm. How are you? Hey, what's up, Brad? How you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Hey, just glad we're talking uh, football uh, day-to-day now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like going to my church. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, hey, I was wondering how, uh, how Joseph Yerby looked. Uh, what's the what's the status on uh, the 
the man beast, uh, the savage, uh, Treyon Gray. Is he is he going to play tomorrow, or uh, is he going to practice? And uh, and uh, number three, did anybody in the defense stand out to you today? I mean, did, was anybody out there making more plays than anybody else? Uh, you know, interceptions. You know, not you know, pass breakups, that sort of thing. All right. Um, let me start with um, Trevon Gray. Yes, he was out there today watching practice. Yes, he looks like a man beast. Yeah, you know, actually, you look at him, he looks like he's 30 years old. Um, you know, you would never know that he's a freshman football player. Um, he will participate in practice tomorrow. And I know a lot of people on the message boards and stuff are very excited about that to see him out there uh, in a Miami uniform. And uh, he's been cleared and he will participate in practice tomorrow. Um, in terms of guys making defensive plays that stood out to me today, um, I'll preface it by saying that it, it wasn't a real, real active practice, but there were a few guys that did jump out to me. Um, Artie Burns uh, looked improved to me in coverage at the cornerback position and was making a lot more plays at or, or close to the line of scrimmage, so I was, um, I was impressed with that. Um, I was impressed with Jermaine Grace, uh, who's getting – a little bit more of a look in passing situations. Uh, it, it's looking to me like he could evolve into one of the two third-down linebackers with Denzel Perriman. Uh, so, and he also had an interception today in practice. So, um, you know, I, I think you can be encouraged uh, by Jermaine Grace. Um, beyond that, the the D line didn't do a ton of of individual work with the offensive line. So it really um, was hard to really, for anybody to really stand out there. I would not say anybody did stand out at all on the on the defensive line uh, today. Um, so I would I would say those two guys right now, Grace and, and Burns, to me. Question, uh, refresh me on what that was. It actually was your first one, but um, I went to the other how two did, first. What was what was the first question? How did you, I, we all we all know what we're going to get with Duke Johnson. Uh, beyond that, you know, we got we got. Augusta Bus, and then we got uh, Joe Yerby. How did Joe Yerby look? And then maybe one follow-up question um, beyond that is how does our depth look, or the quality of our, of our depth this year versus last year? And then uh, I'll, I'll hang up and I'll listen to you online. You're talking about depth at the running back position? Just just across the board for the whole Across team. the board? All right, well, let's talk about Joe Yearby first. He he didn't do a ton today, and uh, you know he's coming off injury. I think they're trying to work him back uh, methodically, not trying to rush it too much. And so you know he, he was out there taking reps, but 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 wasn't like a real uh, primary part of practice. Uh, so hard to comment much on on Joe Yearby today. Maybe by the time we get together on this show next week, uh, we'll have seen a little bit more of him out on the practice field doing some things. The I'll touch on the running back depth first before I talk about depth on the team in general. Um, the running back depth was really good, but I was really surprised today when we showed up at the practice field and Walter Tucker had been moved from running back back to linebacker. And um, I guess they, they feel like they need him to fill uh, a little bit of a, of a depth void at linebacker with Alex Figueroa going out. And um, so Walter Tucker is no, not, no longer a running back right now. And to me, that kind of, lessens the depth a, a, a little bit at that position. Um, obviously, they're counting on Yearby to be able to play. Um, you know, Gu- Gus Edwards, of, of, of course, is, is going to be um, very much a part of that equation, and, and, and I'm expecting him 
to be obviously the the, uh, the first guy off the bench uh, for the Hurricanes. Uh, you know, Year B, I think, is going to be a little bit more of a role player and um, be used in special situations and stuff this year. Obviously, a game breaking talent who, who can make huge impact plays in in the scope of the offense. But at, at 5'9", 175, 180 pounds, uh, he's not going to be ready yet to do a, a, a lot of the pounding work. And I'm expecting Gus Edwards to get a huge shot um, there. And then they're going to, you know, starting tomorrow, we're gonna, you're going to have uh, Trayon Gray at that position. And, and I think that the move, if, if you really sit down and look deep into this, and we haven't had a chance to ask Al Golden about this yet, but if you look deep into the Walter Tucker move back to linebacker, I think Trayon Gray – factors quite a bit into that and um if you're on the cane sport message boards you know how everyone's been going nuts about this guy they love his athletic ability um and they might be looking to uh work Trayon gray into this mix as a true freshman and uh that's something that we'll monitor as fall camp um marches onward now uh depth on the team in general um obviously it's much better at quarterback you've got five guys uh, competing there. Uh, we just talked about tailback. The depth is off the charts at wide receiver um, with Stacey Coley, Rayshon Scott, Philip Dorsett, Damari Jones, uh, Malcolm Lewis, Herb Waters. Uh, a lot of guys who have played football and um, are providing very strong depth. Um, one position where I don't think the depth is real good is the offensive line position. And uh, you know, if you really look behind the, the start, well, even the, the, the three starters that are returning and have played a lot of football, um, Eric Flowers, uh, Shane McDermott, and John Feliciano, um, once you get past those three, there really is uh, not a lot of depth at the offensive line position. <clears throat> um, you know, Danny Isadora, first-time starter as a sophomore at guard. And then today, another surprise – when we went out to practice and we saw that um, Casey McDermott was lining up as the first team right tackle um, instead of Taylor Gadbois. So that was a little bit of a surprise for us, but you know, Taylor Gadbois has not played a lot of football either. So, um, you know, you look behind those guys and you, you know, you have the Alex Galls of the world, the Hunter Wells of the world, a freshman, Trevor Darling, uh, Sonny Odagwu, not a lot of guys on the offensive line who have played a lot of football at all. So that's going to be uh, an interesting spot to watch as training camp continues. Uh, Depth on the defensive side of the ball. I I think that at the defensive line position, there's a lot of bodies, more bodies than they've had in the time that they've been at Miami. Uh, The question is who's going to step up there? Who is going to become impact type players? Um, if you ask me who are the guys that have the physical capability to possibly be that, um, I obviously look at Chad Thomas, uh, even though he's a true freshman. I, I think he's got a chance. Um, Ufamba Kamalu uh, has been doing well. I, I think he's got a chance. Um, Al-Qadin Muhammad is another guy that here in his second year should be greatly improved. Um, so those are the guys that I'm looking at right out of the gate to – potentially developed into impact-type guys on the defensive line. And then, of course, we talked earlier in the show about Michael Weish. But, you know, we don't really know what to expect yet out of Michael Weish. Today was his first practice. Um, He was not a part of spring drills. Uh, So that's something that we're just going to have to watch here in the first few weeks of fall 
and you know get a read on just what Michael Weish is going to bring to the football team. Uh, depth at linebacker, I, I would have to say now, uh, with Alex Figueroa out, is, is very so-so. Um, obviously, you're counting big on Denzel Perriman to be the man in the middle, uh, without question. Um, but you've got to remember, Denzel's been playing on the outside, and now he's coming back in the middle. And there really are not a ton of – even though he's a, he's a phenomenally gifted football player – you know, I'm not sure that there's a ton of guarantees there uh, with Denzel at the middle linebacker position. I'm not as surefire on it as a lot of people are. I mean, you know, without question, Denzel is expected to be one of the better linebackers in the country this year. Um, but I'm looking for more consistency from him. I'm looking for less mental busts. Uh, you know, I thought that he was kind of up and down the last couple years, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of senior year he could put together. Now, next to him, obviously they're counting heavily on Thurston Armbrister, a senior, and Rafael Kirby, a junior. And this is where I personally think some of the problems come in. You know, I'm not sure once guys reach their junior and senior year that they, there's going to be a lot of development that you didn't see in the first couple years. And um, a question that I would ask is if you're going to get better as a defense, can you do it with the same personnel? And I'm expecting these guys to get pushed. I really am. I, um, I asked Mark D'Onofrio today, can Jermaine Grace play at 210 pounds? And he feels that he can. Now, you know, they're going to have to be selective on how they use him. I, I'm not sure, you know, as confident as Coach D'Onofrio is in Jermaine Grace, I'm still not sure that he could be a first or second down linebacker. I'm going to have to see it first um, before I can proclaim it. Um, but a guy to also keep an eye on is Darian Owens, who had a great spring and has really impressed the coaches. And I think he's going to push Thurston Armbrister quite a bit at that other linebacker spot. Um, Tyreek McCord is another guy uh, that's available. Uh, they've moved Walter Tucker there to try to see how he can compete. And then the last guy who's backing up Denzel Perriman right now is Jawan Young, who's probably a little bit behind. Um, so I don't think that there's great depth at linebacker, and there's certainly not a lot of proven depth. Uh, so that would certainly be a question mark within the um, parameters of your your question. Um, depth at defensive back, I think, is phenomenal. Uh, you know, Tracy Howard, Ladarius Gunter is the starters right now. A lot of experience. Artie Burns, as I mentioned earlier, was looking very good on the practice field today. He looks like he's becoming a starting level type player. Um, Corn Elder, very athletic kid. He's got a chance to be a, a, a really good contributor this year. Uh, Dion Bush, a, a guy that because of all the depth that they have at safety now, they're also toying with using him as a nickel corner. He's getting a look there in, in fall drills. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, you got Dallas Crawford, Rayshon Jenkins, Jamal Carter, and then you got the freshman, Kai Hester, uh, Marquise Gayat. So you've you got a lot of guys at safety now who, who you feel can play. You've got depth at corner. So I would say the depth in the defensive backfield is really, really good and would probably join – the wide receiver position and the quarterback position as the spots with the most depth on the roster. Um, hope that answered your question. Uh, any follow-ups? No, my friend, good stuff. Um, okay, well, maybe one. What are the chances maybe Gray Crow doubles as fullback a la Kyle Kovia back in the day? And, uh, I mean, that's where they've put him. You know, to me, 
they're they're doing the right thing by Gray Crow. They're letting him finish his education, even though he doesn't factor into the top five at quarterback. And that's just a place spot for him. He he's not gonna he's not. I I would be stunned if you ever saw Gray Crow in, in a football game um, at that H back position. All right. Well, that um, that takes care of those subjects. Our call in number six four six. Five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. You're welcome to participate in the show um, by on Twitter um, using the hashtag Canesport Live, and, and, and feel free to post questions on Twitter. Um, those of you on Canesport.com are also very welcome to um, post your questions on the uh, the War Room message board on the. The, the threads that are established there, and um, we will be uh, taking a look there as the show continues. All right, let's go now to the um, the 561, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. What's up, man? Doing good. Hey. Who's this? Uh, this, is, uh, this is Justin from Boca. What's up, Justin? What you got tonight? Uh, uh, well, first off, um, I was going to call it about the tight end position. Uh, you kind of like uh, dismissed uh, Crow a little bit earlier, but I had a, a my friend with the cousins went to high school with him, and he said that he uh, Crow is like freaky strong, like he because he's like six three, right? He's like he's a tall, he's a big guy. I wouldn't say I, you know I don't know if he's six three. I mean he. Um, he's a, no, let, me, he, let me look. I at was the, looking at some uh, of the. I was looking at some of the pictures. He's a big guy, man. Not really. Like lower, I mean, they, they list him at six three on the roster. I would say he's more like six one and a half, six two. If, well, okay. if I was, be, if I was being be, honest, who do you think is going to be the start? I mean, he could threaten. You don't think he could threaten for the starting uh, like tight end position? Oh, at no all, chance. Or? No, 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 no chance. Uh, for starters, you have Clive Walford coming back. He he, without question, is going to be Clive? the starter. And then yeah. behind Clive, you've got Standish Dobard and Bo Sandlin. So I don't see where Gray Crow factors in there at all. Knows, he and, knows the offense like like the back of yeah, the hand. Yeah, but and he's I mean, just think as about big it. as you're, those guys. You're, and, you're asking a guy that's been a quarterback to go out there and try to be an H back tight end. I mean, like I said, I think he's just holding the place there, uh, finishing out his education here this year, and um, I'm not expecting him to factor in. And plus, you know, right. the other guy you have out there trying to get into the equation is Rafael Acapajuri, uh the, the former <laughs> basketball player who's trying to be the next Jimmy Graham. And, uh, you know, so so he's trying to get into the mix as well. So I would say Gray Crow at best. Um, and, and, you know, don't let me forget the, 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 the freshman um, coming in as well in uh, Chris Herndon. So, you know, you're talking maybe the sixth guy at tight end, maybe even the seventh guy. I mean – I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I think I you're mean, reaching there. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, look for the recruiting class. I know we got it pretty much filled up. Like, how many spots do you think? I know there was people on the board saying there's like maybe uh, you know five spots left, or you know, for, for taking people. Um, I wouldn't speculate on that right now. I, I think there's going to be yeah. some attrition. I, I think the I guys, think, you know, there's going to be some guys that'll drop off that are on the commitment yeah. list right now and be replaced by other guys. Uh, so I wouldn't start counting just yet. We need to take – we need to load up. I mean, we got to get these receivers. I would take – like, I don't know what you think you would take, but, like, Ridley's out there. If we could get, like, two more, like, 
freak receivers. And maybe like one more, like a, like a big back compliment, and then just shut the thing down. You know what I mean? Because we have such a good class already. Well, you know, I, I think you got to keep looking for some more linebackers, you know, even though there's a few of them already on the commit list. Um, you know, I, I think the defensive back position's in pretty good shape. I don't think that you're going to see yeah. a ton of scholarships. I would load in, up on, in, I would in load up on receivers. Yeah, well, they are. And you know, I think you're going to see them sign probably four receivers in this class, and then I think you're going to see them sign another four or five in the class after that, the 2016 class. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the receiver position is starting to get old very quickly, and without question, uh, they're going to have to do a lot of recruiting at receiver here in the next year or two. I mean, one last question on that. I'm gonna, like, I know Lychee's huge, uh, like Central's huge. You, you ever seen, like, a kid come through? You've probably seen a lot of kids come through. Like, who's, like, the biggest dude, you know, like, like you just look like – who like in all your years of covering the Kings, who's like the big like the biggest dude you've ever seen? Well, um, you know, Bryant McKinney <laughs> I, I think was you know, because of his his height was one guy that you'd have to look at. Uh Vernon Carey, I, I think is yeah. another one uh that you'd have to consider. Uh Vince Wolfork was a big boy. Um so you'd have to look you at him. Like a, you don't got like a top guy. Like that, that I mean, they're all you know. All these guys are are tough guys. I mean, you know, size wise, you know, Michael Weish is is as big as anybody that, that I've ever seen play in this program. Uh, we'll have to see what you know. We'll have to see what kind of player um, that he is. But those are the guys that come to mind off the top of my head. All right, all right, man. Keep up the good work. The site's great, and uh, yeah, thanks. All right, thanks for calling, and hope you'll uh, participate with us in future weeks. Six four six five nine five. Two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out now to the three zero five, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hello, you with us? Going once. You got to you got to speak into your phone. Twice, three times. All right, call back uh, there. Let's try the. Um, Seven seven zero, where you are now live on okay. Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You're on the air. <laughs> you can't, yeah. hey guys. You can't. Yeah, D. Man, you I can do that. All right. Um, <laughs> you're gonna have to call back. Hey, uh, anybody that's that's listening on their computer, if you call in. Listen on the phone so that you don't get crossed up there uh, like those guys. Let's try the um, 805 this time. You are now live on Team Sport Live. Gary, how you doing, man? Doing good. Who's this? This is uh, Callie Sixkane out of Westlake Village, California. Hey, how you doing? Good, home, man. Home from work. Um, You're home from work early tonight, huh? No, late, brother. I, I live out in Fort Lauderdale now. Oh, okay. I'm so go ahead. What, what can we do for you tonight? Um, I was wondering if you could speak to uh, realistic expectations on Yerby's role in this offense. Um, kind of compare him, his attributes to Gus Edwards. And, and I think that people need to factor in that if you look at his numbers that he put up in high school, he had like the third most production in Dade County history. So speak to his toughness and speak to his realistic expectations for this offense. 
Um, toughness, I don't think we know yet. You know, he's a little bit of a smaller guy. We're going to have to see how he responds to the college game. So I don't think we really really know how tough he, he is going to be in college. I don't think you can use what he did in high school as a measuring stick on toughness. A uh, whole different ball game in college, much bigger bodies, a lot more pounds. Um, so we'll have to see. What about, what about factoring in that he's from Dade County and, and putting up all those numbers out of that uh, high school conference, if you will? Yeah, I don't see that as a factor in how tough he is in college. Uh, you know, he's going to have to adjust to the physicality of being a college football player, and then we'll see how he mentally handles that. Some guys handle it well, some guys don't. But in terms of the role that he's going to have on this team, without question, Joe Yearby will have a package um, that he's comfortable with that they can use him for. It's, it, it's a big part of the Al Golden philosophy. They Instead of saying to a freshman like Joe Yearby, learn every play in the playbook and master every play in the playbook, what they'll do is they'll create a package that utilizes him, and it might be three or four plays, five plays, and they will give him an enormous number of reps on those plays and, and allow him to get really good on those individual uh, calls, and then they will use him in the game that week on, on those plays. So I think that's how you're going to see Joe Yearby use this this year um i don't see him necessarily playing more than 10 snaps a game um uh, when you factor in how much duke johnson's going to play and then of course gus edwards um and we've yet to see what um what gray can do but um i'm looking probably i think at a role of about 10 plays a game that he'll be involved in and you know maybe he'll get you know four or five carries maybe catch a pass out of the backfield but he's a weapon that you have to use just because he has so much ability I, I think it's going to be crucial, you know, once they put the pads on, um, I'd be interested in, in uh, reading about your reporting and how tough he is and um, how hard he's hitting the holes because um, obviously the need is for uh, short yardage running on our team to preserve Duke. Well, he's and, not going to fill that amongst role. Other things. He, he's not going to be your short yardage running back. I, I don't think there's any question about that. When you, when you look at guys that you're going to want to fill that road, role, you're going to start with Gus Edwards without question. And I'll tell you, Treyon Gray – also is a big back, and, and I'm going to be very anxious to see what he looks like uh, when they, you know, get into the nitty-gritty here in, in, in fall camp uh, because, you know, you know how much excitement there's been about him, and uh, he certainly looks the part athletically, and uh, like I said, he looks like about a 25-year-old man right now. So, uh, how tall is he? Uh, Trayon is what, I, I guess he's what, about, he looked to me like about 6'2", six, 6'3", six, six, but he's He's um they they list him as six two, but he's um you know he's he's just built you know he looks older than eighteen years old and um you know just looks the part looks like a guy that that's ready now to compete for playing time so uh, we'll watch him you know he has, he's yet to even be in a seven on seven on the practice field so you, you know you don't want to get too crazy there uh, we'll watch him here in the next week or two and uh, I'll be able to report back to you how he's doing. Nice. I'm I'm interested in reading about it, and I think that uh, Yerby is going to surprise some people on how uh, tough he's going to be in short yardage situations. So I guess that's that's my uh, guess as I look ahead. Man, I you know we'll see we'll see. I I personally think it's tough for a little guy like that to walk out there and 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 do short yardage from you know from day one. I'd be really shocked if they ended up using him in that role. I'll call back in three weeks and we'll discuss it. You got it.
You got a deal. You can call back right. sooner than that if you want. You know, when, another once we're you know when we come back next Tuesday, we'll have seen another six, seven practices. So um, we'll probably have a much greater perspective on just what Joe B is doing right now. Nice. Well, thanks for your diligent reporting and for hosting these calls and this great service that you do. No problem. Thanks for being part of the show and hope you'll uh, join us every week. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five. Two zero four eight. Um, let's go out now to the two one zero where you are now live on Game Sport Live. How are you? I'm doing well, Gary. How are you doing? Listen, doing Who's this? I want to thank Alex. All right, I'm Alex. Sorry. What? Go ahead. What you got? Listen, I want to. I want to thank you for these uh, these uh, shows that you hold. They're they're really terrific. But I'd like to discuss this. Um, coaching versus players problem at the University of Miami with you and see what you think. You know, personally, I think the coaches are lacking. And I think coaching, there's a certain threshold that coaches should meet, that good coaches should meet. And I don't think our coaches are meeting that threshold. And I'm referring to offensively, Spread to run, you know, it'd be ideal to have three wide receivers, for example, have Duke being the single back. I think Duke could do a lot more business in that kind of uh, offensive formations. And, uh, you know, if you have, for example, Waters, Coley, Dorsett as your three wide receivers, I think defensive coordinators would have to respect their speed, their talent. They'd have to be in a cover, too which would leave six in the box for Duke to do, to, to run, and I think run to daylight quite a bit, instead of uh, a fullback and a tight end and then two, two wide receivers, where Duke doesn't get, much, uh, it doesn't get much chance to do anything. I think it's the opposite of what everybody else in college football is doing, spreading to run. I don't understand why these offensive coaches don't take that into account. Well, of course. Let me slow you, let me, let, let me slow you down for a minute. You'll, okay, we'll, we'll get back. We'll get back to your other questions. But you got to remember, Duke Johnson had almost a thousand yards when he got hurt last year. So he was running the daylight plenty. I mean, and, and was getting many opportunities to impact the football games. And Miami was seven and zero. And um, you know, when Duke got hurt, so. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that what you're saying is really accurate. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's an opinion, and, and we all have different opinions. I, I'm just not sure that what you're saying in regards to that is really accurate. And, um, I do think that they're going to spread the field out quite a bit this year. I, I, I do think that Duke Johnson is going to once again get many opportunities to impact games, and uh, I don't see that as one of the issues on this football team. Now, um Getting back I to beg to differ. Let me, let me interject something. I beg to differ with you on that. I mean, all of college football will differ with you on that, just about everybody. Every good offensive coordinator in college football will, will differ with you on that point and side with me. Now, the, the business about spreading the well, – Why? Wait, 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 why do you say that? What I do mean, you mean? Because – Every good coach, just about every good coach in this country that runs a good offense, they use the term spread to run, and they run beautifully out of it. 
They throw swing passes. They throw screen passes. They throw bubble screens. It's what they do. And I tell you why they do it, Gary. It's because it's very easy to do. It's simple. It's not complicated. You don't need an NFL quarterback to throw bubble screens, swing passes, screen passes, this kind of thing. Right, short, here's what short I'll tell drag you. Routes. Sorry? That was, from, what I, from what I saw in practice today, that was about 50% of the work. Those types of passes. But so all, there, all there is no question. Is, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, all I'm, I'm telling, telling you, that's going to be, I, it's obviously, if they're working on that all day on day one, that's obviously yeah, going to be a big, a big part of the offense. But wait, 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 slow down. Now, if you're okay. trying to make the argument that Duke Johnson needs to be used more as in a, in a receiving role, if, you, if you're trying to make that argument, I think it's a great argument. Of course. Of I mean, course. he only that's had four catches last year. T- let, let, me, let me explain I mean, if you have a little bit of time, I well, think... Well, we have time, but, be, but be, you know, don't be too long. Okay. Uh, swing passes to Duke are a fantastic call, Gary, and I'll tell you why. If, if you catch a team blitzing and you're throwing the swing pass to Duke, you got Duke one-on-one with a linebacker in an open field. I like our chances for him to house, maybe house the play. If somebody plays zone defense and you throw a swing pass to Duke, he has plenty of time to get four or five six yards. There's no risk at all. Why not put Duke in an in a open field with the ball instead of running into the line of scrimmage all the time? I mean, they should have been doing this three years ago. You say they're doing it in practice. I want to see it in a game, Gary. Well, I they think used that the should be there. They used the bubble screen a lot last year, just not the Duke. Right, but I'm saying, how about a swing pass? When was the last time they threw a swing pass to Duke Johnson? Well, they did it a lot you know, today in practice, <laughs> so that'll I'm, make you I'm happy. I'm talking about and you, you. You know who Reggie Bush is, of course. Norm Chow uh-huh. would throw screen, uh, swing passes to Reggie Bush, left and right, all game, and he won a Heisman Trophy. They won. They won championships with that. Uh, Bill Walsh, you, nobody less than Bill Walsh, used to say, "I love swing pass." He used to love swing pass. He called it his sweep. It was a sweep to him. Get the ball to a dynamic uh, running back without having to worry about blocking and stuff. I mean, it, it's, it, that's what I'm talking about. And then the bubble screens uh, to the wide receivers, I mean, that should be a, it should be a bread and butter. I mean, it was bread that, and butter. That, they, they, they've run that play uh, many, 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 many times the last couple of years, before James Coley got here, after James Coley. In fact, one of the things that James Coley works with his quarterbacks on an enormous amount, is quick release on those bubble screens. They'll sit there, they'll spend 20 minutes in a practice session just working on making that turn and firing that ball out to the perimeter uh, with speed. So um, it is a big part of the offense. You know, but I, I, think I don't that, see it. I don't see it in the games. That's yeah, you where do. I want to. You do. I don't want to see you it. Just in, don't see I don't it. Want to, John. Sorry. You, I don't want to do see it in see practice. It in I don't want to hear about Gary talking about seeing it. I want to see it in the game for myself. You do I mean, see it in the game. You see it in the game. You just don't see it to Duke Johnson. And if, if your point is Duke has to catch more passes this year, it is a phenomenal point. You get a, you no, get, you'll get an a, you would get an A++++ plus plus yeah. plus plus for that well, point. Probably from anybody listening. He only had four at last year. Okay? That's but, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They hardly ever threw passes to Duke, and when they dunked it, when they dinked and dunked it, he went big. I remember one game, he went 40, 50 yards with a, with a dump pass. And, and swing passes are the same thing. Screen passes to Duke, you know, 
if you can limit his touches to open field touches, I think you'll have a phenomenal year. You know, look what look. I'll tell you why Duke got injured. They had three tight ends against Florida State, two backs on a fourth and two. Everybody in the stadium, including the five-year-old boy, knew they were going to run the ball. And, of course, Florida State did too. Now, had you spread Florida State three wides or four wides and give it to Duke, I bet it's a different scenario. I bet Duke doesn't even get injured, Gary. Duke finishes out the year healthy. We were talking about that on this show every week. And and everybody, me, you, and everybody else was in agreement that – Duke Johnson is not a short yardage running back, and um, it, it bit them in the butt in, in that situation. And, and you're right. And I don't think we're going to see him get the ball on third and fourth and short and running up the middle this year. That's my prediction. I don't think you'll see that. But so, I think, uh, I, think I, I, I beg to differ with you on that. I think Duke is a tough short yardage back. The only problem right, is well, you, you can't have some, it always. You, Come on, man. You, well, you, know, you no, can't no, have everything saying, always. You, you, no, you're it's making, not everything always. Listen to me. Yourself. Listen to me. No, my, my point is spread to run Duke. Spread to run Duke. That's, what, that's my point. It isn't short yardage or young. It's spread to run. Don't understand why they don't use it. But I'll go to the defense. Of course, Denofrio's been beat up enough. I don't really want to beat him up. But uh, defensively, you know, I was watching an Alabama game last year against Georgia or somebody. And... It, Alabama was on defense, and they threw a bubble screen, and two defenders, one corner, one outside linebacker, collapsed on the, on the receiver one yard behind the line of scrimmage. And the commentator made him a comment. You know what he said? He said, boy, Alabama doesn't give you anything. And what he meant by that was they don't give you the easy stuff, Gary. They don't give you bubble screens. They don't let you swing pass. They don't let you screen pass on them. They don't, they don't allow the short crossing routes on you they're all over that if you can throw the ball downfield 10 15 20 yards on bama they'll take it but they're not going to allow the short stuff the dink and the dunk the stuff that uh, virginia tech killed us, everybody kills us with and i don't understand why denofrio doesn't roll that defensive up you can play zone and you can roll that the zone up to take care of that and i don't understand why when somebody's crossing, a tight end is crossing, a wide receiver, why they don't give him a shot and maybe knock them down? Don't, maybe they, tell the maybe they just haven't yeah. had good enough players that, that, do, that play like that. <laughs> well, I mean, hell, if you, I'm, I'm 5'8". I mean, Alex Figueroa uh, would have played like that. Helmet, you give me a helmet and pads, and I'll knock somebody, a wide receiver coming across that doesn't see me, I'll knock him down. I mean, you don't Alex need to be down Alex Figueroa was that kind of player. <laughs> he's not there. He's not there anymore. Uh, you know, I think Denzel, you know that, Denzel Perryman is that kind of player. I'm, I'm not sure you know, that Thurston Armbruster and Rafael Kirby are. Okay, let, let me let me take you, you back. Know, you got to have the players. You got to okay, have the players. Okay, let me take you back. Let uh, One more point, and I'm gone, Gary. Let me take you back to the 1972 Dolphins to counter your argument. They had Mike Colin. I'm not like making an argument. Well, they had Mike Colin, a 6'1", 210-pound slow linebacker, Doug Swift on the other side. Nick Bonacani was 5'10", maybe 200-pound soaking wet. When, when players came across, they would wax them. Nobody came across on the Dolphins. Nobody ran shallow patterns. Nobody ran crossing patterns. In the NFL, they allowed it back then. And, and those players were not talented. They were not fast. They were not big. They just were taught to hit. Arnsparger taught them how to play defense. They were coached. 
in short. And I don't believe our team is coached at all on offense or defense. I'm sorry to have to say it, but I love the Canes, and I really appreciate you for having the show, by the way. Oh, we love, we love the show. I love the show. I really like it. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, but uh, I wish I could say different. All right. Well, you, you, you've made some great points. We, we thank you so much for calling in tonight and um, hope that you'll be a part of our shows in the future. But you can't have it always. You can't make arguments on both sides of the fence. you gotta, you, you, <laughs> okay. you, you got to work on that uh, a little bit. <laughs> well, but no, you know what? Ne- next time you see next time you see Coley, say tell him three words: spread the run, Duke. Spread the run, Duke Coley. It's not complicated. Right. We'll see him. To- <laughs> we'll see him tomorrow. We'll tell him. All right. Yeah, I hope you, to see you it, got it. Thanks, uh, thanks September first. I want to see it September first, not tomorrow. You, you, well, we, we're going to see him tomorrow and tell him, and that'll give him four weeks to get ready for September. 1st. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Thanks okay, for calling. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Gary. So take care. Wow, that was an interesting call. What we've got here is failure to communicate. I mean, you can't have an argument on, <laughs> and make counterpoints to yourself. But I love that call. He 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 was a good guy, and um, you know, he he made a lot of lot of sound arguments of what he would like to see, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I do think that you you know, obviously. They, they have to realize that Duke Johnson needs to be a bigger part of the passing game this year. Uh, like I said, he only had four receptions in the 2013 season. That has to go up. But to suggest that anything having to do with the running game in Duke Johnson, when he had almost 1,000 yards uh, going, in, going into game eight when he got hurt, uh, no, I don't, I don't think that holds up. Uh, Duke Johnson is plenty effective in the running game. All right, 646-595-2048. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out now to the three zero five, where you are now live on Kane's. How are you, Gary? It's Myra. Doing 55. good. Who's, who's this? Myra fifty five. Hey, what's up, Myra? How are you? Doing good. Long doing good. Me. Yeah, it's football right, season. Good. You know, we we get fired up for football season. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so I just got well, I lost my trend of thought after that uh, long the last call. Yeah, he was um, a little right, bit all over the place, wasn't he? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to ask a question about a current player on the roster, a freshman coming in, the recruiting class, and the 2016 class. All right, what? Um, how? Hit, hit me one. Hit me one at a time, so so I don't have to all right. remember all four. All right. Tyreek McCord. I mean, that guy looked like he had. Ooh. And now we're going to be a junior, which is crazy, but, uh, you know, we know what's going on with that. But, I mean, what's going on with him? I mean, the guy looks man, like I, a player. I, I, I should have known that we could count on you for a great question. And, and man, is that a great one. Um, Jerry, yeah, come on. I'm you know, Tyreek McCord comes in with all this promise, uh, gets rushed into action as a true freshman, is not physically ready for it. Um, right. Last year, plays a lot of football again, doesn't really make an enormous impact. And now, before you know it, he's a junior, and you don't really know what to do with him. You you really don't. I mean, you know, you've been using him as a pass rusher. He doesn't get to the quarterback enough. So, you know, that's not good enough. And 
if you if you want to get better on defense, you, you know, you need somebody else in that spot that's going to get to the quarterback. Whether it's you know it's Chad Thomas, whether it's it's uh, Kamalu, uh, you know, obviously Muhammad is trying to be that as he has been opposite McCord on the other side. Um, a lot of freshmen coming into the program this year, like a Terry McRae, yeah. even even a Darian Owens that were effective in high school going after the quarterback. So they got to find somebody that can get to the quarterback. And uh, Tyreek McCord was is it, not able is it to that do you it view him as a, Is it that you view him as like a tweener, like not a defensive end, not a linebacker? And it looked like he was just coming on on four downs last year to rush the quarterback. So you don't view him as a three-down linebacker? Is that is that well, a fair assessment? I don't think I don't think there's any question that he's a okay. tweener. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any question about it. Um, and you know, when you when they look at the linebacker position, they consider him one of their fallback options, a linebacker. So that kind of tells you, um, you know, uh, that answers your question about him being a tweener. And but he's trying to be a rush end, a defensive end in in their scheme. And so I don't know what's going to happen with Ty- Tyreek. All right. Well. We'll check one down. All right, so current freshman coming in, what is uh do you view Braxton Barrios as a as a true as gonna be a red shirt, no doubt about it, or does he have a chance? I'm not gonna say no doubt about it because right. you watch him and I watched him a lot today on the practice field. This the kid's amazing. I mean he really is. I mean fully, you know he's I mean people from the well, I mean, people want to compare him to Wes Welker, but he's not even as big as Wes Welker. And but he's a similar type of player. He's so shifty and he's so quick. Um, I think there might be some plays where they want to use him a, a little bit this year. So um, I would, if I were to, if I had to make a bet right now, Robert, I, it, it would be that he plays this year. But we'll see. But he is a hundred percent. I mean, off the ACL, he is. I mean, he, he looked is... 100% to me today when I watched okay. him. Yep. All right, so now let's go to the 2015 uh, class. Um, is there any, you know, we know that we have a ton of you know commits and all that stuff. Is there anything on the horizon you see, you know, any make-or-break players, any, you know, commitments that you see happening in the next, in the, you know, the near future or anything like that? Any, you know, can't-miss well, players like the Chad Thomas of last year that you want to talk about? Um, not really. I mean, obviously, they're they're still working really hard on Ridley and Burgess Becker up in Broward. Uh, I, yeah. I think, obviously, Tim Irvin is a guy that they're expecting and hoping to get uh, as a secondary player. Um, but right. beyond that, you know, I think there's still a lot of guys on the board, and I think they're taking a step back right now and sort of reassessing where they are. Uh, they've got a lot of commits. There's not a lot of pressure uh, to take more commits right now. They can let guys play their senior season uh, and then finish filling uh, a class in, in, in December and January. Okay. And then just, I mean, I don't, you know, being around the recruiting for a while, I don't even do 2016 as a commit. But what do you attribute the success of 2016 to? Not, I mean, like I said, it is. Honestly? Yes. I mean, if I was going to be honest about it, it would be that they're getting out ahead of the street agents. <laughs> you know, there's, they're 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 just recruiting they're recruiting kids and they're recruiting moms and not the third party extracurricular guys in the equation right now. Now, uh, yes. you're a yes. long way away from signing day on those 2016 right. kids. You know, and right. you, you know, I I do not think by any stretch of the imagination 
Are those recruiting situations etched in stone? Um, but right now, Miami has the best recruiting class in America by far for 2016. <laughs> um, and I'm sure the coaches are happy about that. Um, but, that but that's the reason, life. Robert. The reason is the street yeah. agents aren't involved yet. <laughs> We're not going to comment on that. Um, well, I mean, and, you know, uh, I mean, we don't, we won't get into your the nitty gritty of you know of of your background and stuff like that because it's nobody's business. But right. you know very well what I'm talking about. I mean, that's without yeah. question the, the 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 reason you know that, that those types of I, of players are not far, in the mix know, for these kids. I know far too well. <laughs> um, <laughs> and my um, and my uh, the last question, and just be with the current roster, would it be a Fair assessment to say that I mean Ryan Williams, who everyone signed kind of automatically out of nowhere assumed is now all of a sudden was a great quarterback and he was hurt and now this is a devastating blow to the team. And from what I remember, wasn't he a transfer? And don't we all recall the day when Stephen Morris basically had a you know a third degree sprain of his ankle and they didn't trust Ryan Williams enough to come into that FSU game and they preferred to play Stephen Morris over Ryan. Williams, so I don't view, I never viewed Ryan Williams as the savior to this team. I think they have the goods to go around to make him look better than he probably is, but is it a fair assessment to say that Jake Heaps coming in could possibly be just as good or maybe better than Ryan Williams when he becomes a little bit more equated to the offense? I think so. You know, I, I mean, I know I'm Ryan not Williams saying, played, played. Not James Winston didn't just get hurt and we're replacing him here. We're uh, replacing a tr- uh, Transfer from where? DePaul? Where was he? Was some random school? Mem- like Mem- Memphis. Oh, Memphis. Sorry, I knew it was blue. Sorry about that. Who's All been right. on the shelf? Who's been on the shelf for three years? You know, I mean, who has? <laughs> I mean, you know, so. Three, I mean, and Stephen Morris wasn't exactly lighting up the field last year. So if he was, if you know, Brian Williams was that good, I would assume he would have played somewhat last year because what I saw on the field last year at quarterback was. Uh, you know, well, we're not going to talk about the past. But, um, all right, so that was just, you know, my – because I think, you know, when I think you've spoken about it, Miami has the athletes on the offensive side of the ball to basically make an average quarterback that could gain, manage, you know, look good. So, I mean, I think that I, – I I think when they picked up heaps, I thought that was a great move. And we when I was severely uh, – no, I was not happy with what I saw Kevin Olsen in that – uh, whatever was that even called a scrimmage? Could we call it a scrimmage, or could we just call it a? <laughs> a now you're being now you're being cruel. <laughs> no, I mean, but I, I I left just because my stomach started to turn a little bit. But I think we just need a game manager, and I think that keeps coming in with a lot of game experience with the defensive, you know, with the offensive line could you know could be decent. And I never I I'll, I'll go on record to say I don't think that. Uh, Greg Olson will ever take a snap for University of Miami. So I will say that. Kevin Olson. Yep. I don't. Kevin, I don't disagree. With I, I. My opinion yeah. right now is, is the same as yours. I mean, maybe, maybe a, you know, wash up duty will not start a game for University of Miami. Yep. All right, Gary. All right. We will. See All right, man. Thanks, thanks as always great. for being part of the catching up with you. All right. Well, give it. us a call next next week. All right. Shamira 55 always brings some quality thoughts to the show. He was talking about the quarterbacks. Let's take a few seconds here, and let me play for you what Al Golden had to say on the quarterback competition. In terms of how we're approaching camp, we have four quarterbacks. We're going to cut it to two after the uh, second scrimmage, uh, which I don't have my, uh, my calendar on me, which, uh, but it should be 
um, two weeks, about two weeks prior to the first game. Uh, we'll cut it to, from four to two at that point, and then we'll have two that will get ready for uh, the trip to Louisville. Yep, so there it is. You know, they're looking to get down the two here pretty quickly. I'm expecting those two to be Jake Heaps and Brad Kaya. We'll see how that goes. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. We're uh, tweeting with the hashtag Live. You also can post thoughts and comments on the Canesport.com War Room message board. And let's go out now um, to the 561, where you are now live. Kane Sport Live, how are you doing tonight? Are you are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, you're out of here. Call back um, if we missed you. Let's try the 407 now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You there? You got to listen on your phone. <laughs> The computer's going to have a little bit of a delay. Going once. You with us? All right. Call back in. All right. Let's go now to the 770, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You there? Going once. Going twice. Three times. All right. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's get this together. Let's try the 305 this time. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. All righty. <laughs> Let's try the 904. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Yes, I had a question about um, about the defensive scheme. Is anything going to change this year? Is anything going to change on the defensive scheme? Well, here's what I'm going to do for you. Um, since you're asking that, that a, a, a very applicable question, uh, and we'll elaborate on that. But first. Um, we asked Al Golden specifically about the defensive scheme. Let me play for you what he said on that subject, and then uh, stay on the line, and we'll address your question um, further beyond that. Well, we've never been really 3-4 full-time. You know what I mean? We, we're, we're in and out of it, uh, depending on situation. Um, again, it's, uh, it's become a game of situations. Every, everybody thinks it's a game of four quarters, and it's really not. It's a game of situations. And, uh, you know, uh, when they go 10 or 11 personnel, three or four wides, excuse me, uh, when they go three or four wides, you know, we're going to match up a lot of times. So sometimes that means put the nickel out there. So you might see, you know, Deion Bush, Crawford, or Tracy in the slot, okay, and then uh, bring another corner in. Uh, if Deion goes down in the slot, we have a bigger guy that's kind of like a salmon space, and we bring a safety in. Um, as it relates to the front, uh, we're in and out of fronts constantly. So uh, we'll, we'll, sometimes we'll be in an odd front, which is 3-4 base. And other times we'll be in, a, in an over or under front, which is 4-3 base. So um, we have the flexibility now because we're stronger at the point of attack. Uh, we're the strongest we've been there. Again, seven guys over 30 reps, that's a big number. That's a big number. And um, so that was a lot of hard work by Swayze and those guys. Uh, great job by the guys up front doing that. And uh, now we've got to see it, see it pay dividends for us. And all right, so that was Al Golden talking about uh, their scheme plans for the defense. And, um, you know, beyond what he said, um, did you have any other questions? Uh, well, uh, about the death, what is, why is it so hard for them to build death on, on, on defense and uh, things like that? Why they can't get the players and, you know, the 
even try. We got guys up here. I'm up here in Jacksonville, but I got my people out there in McClurney, and, you know, all they had to do was go at CC real hard, and he, he said he said he liked Miami. They just they, they, they weren't recruiting him. He said Central Florida was recruiting harder than, than they was, and he got the, my friend brother. He up here at Trinity. You know, they, they could have went at these guys, and they 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 was ready to go. But he, they said Miami wasn't coming at them, so that's why he committed to LSU. And CC, he's undecided. He said it's between Florida, Florida State. Miami didn't Miami didn't come at him hard enough. Well, you know, without question, I think they've um, I think they've struggled um, a little bit on that side of the ball in recruiting. Uh, there's no question, but I think that right now, coming into this season, they've got more players than they've had in their time here. Uh, you know, is it all the way back yet? No, I don't think so. Not even close. You know, I'll ask the same question I've been asking for the last couple of years. Where is the impact talent? You know, you, you yeah. think that Denzel Perriman can be that, but you know, you've got a guy that 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 was a hot and cold player on the outside, was spectacular at times. Other times would make mistakes. Now he's moving into the middle. And trying to be the you know the focal point of your defense, you're counting on him an awful lot to have yeah. a great year. But where's the other impact guys? You know, I mean, you're hoping that some of these guys can develop into that. You know, the, the kind of guys that are going to be drafted in the first or second round in the NFL draft, that sort of thing. But 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 where are they? I mean, you, you I just end up playing a, a Louisville team in the bowl game that had four guys drafted in the, in the top 50 in the NFL draft this year. Okay, exactly. and you saw what they did. In the bowl game, I mean, you know, you have to have those types of football players um, if you're going to yep. be a, a top of the line defense, and if you're going to get past the seven or eight win um, barrier in, in, in today's world of college football, and, and that's kind of where they're stuck. But th- they do have more players now than they've had at any other time. I, I think they got a problem with developing. They, they, they need to bring in a real quarterback coach instead of Cooley because he, he ain't he ain't a quarterback coach. Well, how do you know that? Because that guy still, because Morris last year, when um when um the other guy was the offensive coordinator, Steve Stephen Morris played way better than he did last year under this guy here. I mean, he wasn't even offensive quarterback coach at Florida State, so they I mean, didn't, they, they, they didn't, they didn't I'll, trust him there. So I'll agree with you that, a, that that Stephen Morris had a worse year last year under James Coley than he had the previous year under Jed Fish. There's no question about it. But, you know, give give Coley some credit as well. I mean, he's upgraded the recruiting at that position. Which yeah, was yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, keep him on the staff, but bring in a quarterback coach, like, to, to coach him. It's just like a, a Well, you, you're only allowed so many assistants. You, you know, you, you just yeah. don't have that many spots, you know. So, you know. They can only do what they can do there, and I don't think you know yet whether James Coley is a great coach or not a great coach. I think you know you have to continue to see what kind of job yeah. he does. I think yeah, I think he do a good job, but he he needs to he need to show show a little more. He need to open up that playbook. He he need to yeah, like well, last year we had Florida. We could have he 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 like they stopped doing what they was doing when we got the second touchdown. They stopped doing what he was doing. He they needs to do one it. thing. One thing primarily that he needs to do, and, and that's do a better job on third down. They must yeah, convert oh, yeah. on third down and yeah, stay drive and keep that. keep the defense off the keep field. Keep the defense off the field. Yeah, you're right. Well, all right. All right. I want to stay on the line and listen, man. Oh, you want me to leave you on hold? Okay, we'll leave, we'll leave you on yeah, hold. Thank you for listen. being 
Thanks for being part of the show, and, and, and hope you'll join us again in future weeks. 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. We've got 40 minutes to go tonight, plenty of open phone lines. If you haven't called in the show yet, and we've got a lot of regulars who were part of our show last year but we haven't heard from yet tonight, call on in. Be part of the show. This is your show, and we're here for you. Uh, let's go out now to the 973, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. A lot, a lot of weird phantom calls tonight. Let's try the uh, 305 now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? You with us? You can't listen on your computer and the phone. All right, call, call back in when you get that uh, straightened out. Let's try the 407, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? All righty, let's try the uh, 973 again. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. There you are. All right, I don't know what happened last time, but um, hey, man, it's me again in New Jersey. Ah, man, so many points, um, so many troubling points, but I'm excited for the season. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, a couple of calls before um, made some great points, and I'm a little troubled by um, by the fact that um, the caller asked you a question, and you kind of like, I wouldn't say you were stuck, but you really didn't have an answer for him only because you act, you actually didn't know what Tyreek, uh, the 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 DN will be able to fit into um, the defensive scheme, and I'm a little troubled by that because wait, wait, time out, time out, time out. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're saying I didn't have an answer for his question? No, no, no. I'm not really putting it on you. I'm just saying you, you kind of like agree that he, he now he's in his junior year, and it's like they don't have a position really defined for him. They don't no, really not have really. An idea but with, but, he, but here's yeah, the troubling thing. I, I I'm always concerned about recruiting. And remember where he's from. He's from up there um, where we usually don't get ball players. So now we have Chicolo, we have him, we have certain other guys that we're trying to get from that area. And if we're not developing these guys and really getting them to be contributors on the, on, on the field, these guys out there, they're, they're doing negative recruiting anyway. So now they'll be telling you, you might as well stay up this way because when you go down in Miami, players don't develop. They don't have anybody to develop you guys. You guys are from up here. You guys go down there. You guys don't look good. I'm always really, really concerned about recruiting. I'm real big on that. Um, so I, I just want you to comment on that. Um, I, want to, I just want to say a few more things. Also, All right, well, let's, let, let's take this subject first, then we'll get to your other subjects. Okay, I, I think you're making a really good point. I think, you know, just another of several really good phone calls tonight. Uh, you know, players and coaches do talk to other players and coaches. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the Chicolo camp, so to speak, is, is not real thrilled with how his career has gone. He's from Tampa. Um, Tyreek McCord, who was another top prospect from Tampa, you know, comes over to play defense. And, and, and yeah, he, he's a tweener. And I don't think you could blame the coaches for that. Um, but at the same time, he was a tweener when he was recruited, too. And, you know, maybe he was misprojected. You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's like we don't we don't really know what the coaches were thinking when they when they took him. He, he was obviously a very good high school football player, but that doesn't always carry over. And a lot of kids, end up being tweeners and don't ever really um, have the right size 
for the position they're trying to play. And uh, Tyreek's a good player. I think he can help them a lot on special teams. I think, um, but I think if you're trying to make him a a front line defensive player, he's kind of stuck in between, and he's not really a linebacker. He's not really a defensive end, and you're, you're really limited to doing with him what they've been doing with him for the first two years, which is using him in a third down pass rushing role, except he hasn't really done that really well either. So um, the coaches are a little bit between a rock and a hard place, but I think the point you're making is very legitimate. And I think it does play in when you go over there now this year and you've got a guy like uh, Byron Cowart, who's the top recruit in the country, and you're trying to get into the mix and, and bring him to Miami. And he's not really taking it that seriously. And I, and, I, and I do think that things like that, other guys from a certain area failing, does impact recruitment of other kids. Yeah, and, and, and the troubling thing is because uh, I, I get really into this to a point where I take, you take a school, I'm just going to throw out a school. You take a school like most of the fans, Miami fan myself, I do not like to see like when a kid have a list of schools and they have a South Carolina on, on their list. That, that tells me South Carolina is always going to be in our backyard, always going to try to recruit our kids. And then you get a kid like Tariq, he'll go to like a South Carolina and they'll find something for him to do. They'll find something to be able to exploit and they'll be able to get to the quarterback. Also, another thing about for us getting to the quarterback with our defensive linemen and our defensive ends, I think people are forgetting also we play in the ACC where a lot of these quarterbacks are not really keeping the ball in their hands long. And, and part of that is, too, we've been doing such a horrible job on stopping the run, whereas, like, most of these quarterbacks, didn't have a, they don't have a long way to go with the ball on third down. Sometimes it's just an itch route, a bubble screen, and it's a, and it's a first down again because the running game is so successful against us, we're putting guys in on what you could say staying on schedule. Most of the team that plays it, even though we was undefeated 7-0, it was times when – we're playing, they say, on um, Wake Forest, and these guys was kind of like staying on schedule on offense. That, to me, that's a test. That, I'm not really trying to come at the defense corner. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, it don't look good. It's not a very good looking thing to keep. Every time we look up, guys are getting first down on us, and we're talking about we need to get to the quarterback. We cannot get to the quarterback if we're if it's only three yards to go or two yards to go on third down. There's no sack in the quarterback there. So we we are, I, I'm not trying to be the dead horse, but we really got to do a better job this year of stopping the run. And let's see now what we could do with our linebackers and our our safeties, our corners, and, and see what happens. And then we give it a chance to get the DN to the quarter, but quarterback. But we're not getting to the quarterback because he has third and two. Third and two, you're not getting to the quarterback. He's doing a quick pass, and that's first down. So um, that's just my opinion on that one. Yeah, and it might be, you know, you might be making a good one. Um, but look, I mean, it's, it's not always quick passes. They've got to get guys in those spots that are going to get to the quarterback. McCord, you know, since we're talking about him, has had two years now to fill that role, has not done the best of jobs. And I and think I they hope have they're to... not doing that with Muhammad. I pray. I pray we we're not doing the same thing. We're, we, at the end of the day, we don't have a position for him or we don't have a place for him to really succeed. I want to jump on the offensive side real quick. Um, again, another point where this call, the older guy, you say he was all over the place. Yeah, he was all over the place, but he was kind of making some good points. I don't want to go into a spread offense, but I do want to get the ball out quicker. I do want to do – we don't even do like skip pass misdirection in the backfield where we're blocking one way and the running back is going the other way. And I also think that it will be – everybody's talking about all these other guys. I think Malcolm Lewis should be a guy. We should try to find him, him and put the ball in his hands. 
some um, way, somehow. Let me, let me stop you, and I'm going to comment on Malcolm Lewis. I was shocked when I saw him today. He's trimmed down. He's in That's shape. That's what I'm saying. I, he he exactly. is quicker than he's ever been, and you're going to see Malcolm Lewis be a factor on this team this year. It, that, it's just, I think about it all the time. I mean, we're talking about Stace. I mean, all these guys are good. we got deep burners. But if you throw a screen to him, a little, a little edge pass, he's taking a 19. He's taking a 20. And that's what we need. We need guys that's going to get the ball in their hands, and they're going to pick up positive yard, drop the ball, go to the huddle, and then we, 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 we could do it again. And I'm, and I'm always, you know me, when I call, I'm always talking about the offensive line. My only concern, my two concerns are the center position, and the fact that we should be able to do a lot better than we did last year. Um, I don't want to get back to the old Duke, how why Duke got hurt, because before Duke got hurt, there's a lot of things that happened before that. That guy was making some good points, but it was a lot of things that happened, including Stephen Morris missing plays and guys dropping the ball, and then we're trying to run the ball on a stock deep offensive line, and we got our running back running into the mix of that. It was just, it was just, and as much as I enjoyed the season a little bit, I was just annoyed. You know, I, and the guy's right that a couple of calls ago, we got to do a better job of just being better coaches. They got to do a better job of being better coaches. This is the year we need to show people that we know what we're doing at Miami, hands down, period. Well, you know, I do think that there's a little bit of pressure on this coaching staff to prove that they are worthy of that. And, you know, they they struggled at times last year. Al Golden stuck his neck out. He he, he went to the wall for his staff, uh, brought everybody back uh, that wanted to be back, and and uh, is going to war with the same guys again. And uh, and, and you know, don't think that they're also not paying attention where we are not getting our, our, our tight end involved and we're putting guys in this position, we're switching guys' position, we're putting – you know what? Let's look like a – let's look like a – I get jealous when I you – know, you know what I want to look – I know people are going to get mad with me when I say this, and I'm going to get off, but I'm going to tell you something. ESPN every now and then, they repeat these games, and I'm saying, listen, we don't, I want to be a fast wide receiver team. Believe me, I do. But I also want to look a little bit like how Michigan State look on defense and how they look on offense. I'm telling you, they 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 look like a well coached team last year. That that's how you well, need to look on offensive and on the defense. And now Miami is Miami. We're going to go deep. We're going to go long passes. We're going to get big time running plays. But I'm just saying that team looked like it was coached and had an idea. If you look at the coaches when they guys came on the sideline, everybody was talking. We don't. I don't see that. I see one guy speaking on, on defense, one guy speaking on offense. The guys don't look engaged. When the cameras go to the sideline, I don't see the players going over plays with each other. I just don't see that stuff. I, we need to. This is the year. This you is can't, the year. We have to start showing a lot of that more. You can't emulate everybody. <laughs> you know, you mentioned no, 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 Michigan State. No, no, but, but, but here's to. what I'm going to tell you. You mentioned Michigan State. You want to see the team look like Michigan State. Somebody else will mention Florida State. You want to see the team look like Florida State. Somebody will say, man, that offense at Auburn is unbelievable, man. Look what that offense at I'll Auburn is. Now it's on. Man, that offense is incredible. You got to run the offense like Auburn. You know, everybody know, has their I, taste. Gary, I, I'll never for what I will never ever even, even if I know, but I will never say Florida State. I don't know why no, no, more than what I'm, You know my point. My point is they had a very good offense last year. Auburn yeah, had a still. phenomenal. And, 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 and one more point. One more point. One more point to bring up Florida State. You know what really hurts me, Gary? The fact that the kick return 
was the big play, well, one of the big plays of the game, and that was a kid that was committed to us. That hurt. Yep. That hurt. That yep. really, really hurt. That big-time return, that was a kid that was committed to his team, was coming. He had, really, if you look at it, a lot of the Miami guys had really big plays in that game. From yep. the running back to Jermaine to the kid John Benjamin to this kid that ran the ball back, it's, it's, it's amazing. We're going to start keeping some of these guys home now, and we're going to start making these plays. I don't even want to talk no, about no that. State, local, re- local recruiting always is, is a big challenge. Al Golden's made a lot of moves here, bringing in a nice Harris, bringing in a Jose Baez from Gulliver and adding them to the staff, now bringing in Kevin Beard. So he's, he's making moves them, in I, his op staff to try to make local recruiting better. And then, of course, Ice Harris now as a full-time coach is able to go into homes and recruit. So, you know, you can't knock the moves being made to try to address that problem. No, no, no. We'll I love see the how fact that we're doing One other thing I want to point out before we let you go, um, you mentioned uh-huh. the, the, the tight end being involved in the offense. Clive Walker, oh, man. Thir- 34 catches uh, a year ago, both Sandlin nine. So that's 43 to your top two tight ends. Um, I, I think you can look for that to be in the 50 to 60 range this year. I do think the tight end will get targeted a little more. Anything else you got tonight before we let you go? No, uh, I'm, let me just make a point on the tight end. Unacceptable. You know why? Because they're watching. Guys, when you're, when you're being recruited, you watch for stuff like this, and you're trying to say, okay, if that was me, is it going to take me two or three years to get going in this offense or with this coaching staff and this team? So um, I, I, I just, I it's just want to say it's not taking people two, three years. Come on, you got to be fair. I mean, Stacy Coley was a freshman last year. Did it take him? No, no, no. I'm not talking about that position. I'm talking about the tight end position. I, let me be very clear. I'm talking about the tight end position. You know, the, the guy like the Juco kid that came in, usually when we bring Jucos in, we want them to distribute right away. We want them to be able to come and get on the field and do something. And, um, Bo did not do anything last year. He just didn't do anything. At the end of the day, let's not let's not sugarcoat it. He was not effective. No, he but was that has a lot to do with that. That has a lot Probably to do with the quarterback too. of the year last year. That that has a lot to do with the quarterback and so the, um, at the end of the day, Stephen Morris didn't play well, and he gutsed it out. Yeah, he played hurt, but I just think he he just um I, I don't care, man. And the guy oh, the guy made a great point with Williams, the quarterback, and Gary. I was. I'm saying that to all my buddies, all my friends. Don't forget who this guy is. This was a guy we did, would not want to play. We did not want to play this guy when we had an injured quarterback. We did not stick him in there. And when Very we had true. a chance to be, when that Carolina game, he came in there looked like a scared duck. Okay, right. let's, let's not act like this guy is a world beater. Now, Kevin you've never heard of, me uh, act Kevin, like that. I know, I've but Kevin Holmes is a big disappointment to me because he's from yep. he's from up this way. But you know what? If we got to cut ties with him, cut him. I'll, I, I want to believe in giving the future. Chances. In my opinion, is the guys that just came in. But listen, yes, I don't is. want to sit here and knock a kid. The poor kid just had a. Yeah, you know, I'm not. Just, I'm not. I mean, he's trying no, to come back from you, an ACL injury. I mean, you know, but 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 no. I mean, I think the the point that he he was never a great quarterback before the injury either is a great point. I mean. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it's an let's honest. Not, let's not get carried away. Let's not get carried away. I, I have to tell one of my buddies. I said, "He's like Ross. It's no, no. It's a, it's a horrible. No, no. Let's not get carried away. This was still a kid. We could not stick in the game, even against lower competition. We did not put him in the game. Let's not lose our mind, guys. Let's. Oh, this he'll be back in game one. He'll be out there throwing passes. You know what? When you tear your ACL, it really takes you nine to twelve months to really come back. Okay. 
Period. Yeah, so, you know, some guys, time, you know, a couple guys have come back in six, and that's what you know he's trying to do. But yeah, well, it won't right. be him. Not for the stuff that I've seen him do in the past. I don't want him out there injured. Because then he's going All to be right, let, me, um, let me let you go and get some other people on. But uh, thank you so much for calling. A lot of great points. And uh, give us a call again next week. All right. Thanks, Gary. All right. Thanks for calling. All right. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. we got 24 minutes of show left tonight. We're going to try to get as many calls in as possible. And let's go now to the 404, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello, Gary. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? Doing good. Who's this? This is this is Aaron out of ATL, man. I'm calling out of Atlanta, Georgia. And What's I up, man? We're say, coming man, to visit you this year. We're coming to visit you. Okay. Oh, I already got my ticket. I'm already locked <laughs> in, man. <laughs> but I was saying, like, for um, the offensive coordinator, James Corley, I was saying a lot of the guys have a lot of good points, but they got to realize that, on the Jed Fish step on Mars, he had he had two years. Get Jed Fish another year up under this um, office, and let's see what he can do. You mean give James Coley another year? Yeah, James no, Coley. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, you know, the first thing he's had to do is try to upgrade his position, the quarterback position, and uh, I think he's done a good job of that. Um, exactly. From what I've seen, uh, Brad Kaya looks very much the part. Uh, Malik Razier looks like, uh, even though he's a little bit of an undersized guy, looks like he can get some things done and, and has some promise for the future. Uh, you've got a Jake Heaps that they just brought in that might be a stopgap for this year while they're bridging um, that uh, generational gap, so to speak, moving into the future. If, if you're trying not to rush a guy like Kaya in as a true freshman. So James Coley's yeah. done a lot of nice things recruiting at that position. Yeah. And I agree. You've got to give him time now to develop his offense with these guys and um, and see how they do this year. And I think and I think like Stephon had a bad. Year. I want to say he had a bad bad year, but you know that was James' first year. That was Stephon's first year up under James. You know, you know, you got to get it. You got to get room to develop these 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 this offense. I like what, as personally, I like what he's doing with this offense. I like the way this offense is going. It's it's fine. I, mean, there's, I don't see any personally see any major issues with the schemes or, or anything. It's it's execution and, and doing a better job on third down. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But but I love the right, show, man. I love, no, I love the show. I love listening to everybody peeing. I'm glad everybody in on it. And, and and let's 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 stop a lot a lot of this negativity about the Kane, whether it's on your board or anywhere else. Let's just let's just get on board with these guys and let's just see where it's going, man. All right, thanks for giving us a call tonight. Give us another shout uh, next week. Okay. All right, let's shoot now to the three three zero where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey Gary, how's it going? Going good. Who's this? This is. Uh... KL. All right, KL, what you got for us? Hey, I, I wanted to talk about Tyreek McCord. You know, people keep saying, you know, you were saying that, uh, you know, he didn't do much really rushing the quarterback, but he led the team in sacks. Um, I think he should have been a linebacker from day one. To me, he's a perfect 3-4 outside linebacker being able to rush the quarterback. They just got to leave him in there and let him get comfortable. Um, I mean, he's one of the fastest guys on the team, ran a 4-6-6. He's probably up to about 235. I mean, you know, why Golden won't just let the guys learn and sit in there and get comfortable, I don't know. I mean, 
I mean, I, I'm sure he can do a lot better than what Thurston Armbruster is. Uh, well, you know, uh, it's all speculative. I mean, he's basically been a third-down pass rusher the last two years. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's the that's the thing. You know, you look at and, and you look at the development of of the, all the JUCO players that uh, Golden has taken. It none of them. I mean, Kamalo, he's just now getting in there. He should have been starting last year. You know, to me, they were playing so much politics and wasn't putting the best players in there. Now that it's, you know it's this year and his job's on the line, now you see Kamalu starting, and you know uh, now all bets are off. <laughs> you know now nobody's job is safe, you know because uh, his job's on the line. Uh, you know he should have never been playing that kind of those kind of politics at Miami. I'm not sure he was playing politics. I don't think he was playing politics. Well, you know, yeah, you could argue whether their schemes are any good, whether their game plans are any good, and. You know, you have a lot of target practice that you could take in those regards. Um, but politics, nah, I don't think so. I don't think they've been playing any politics. Okay, well, I think you, you talk to anyone from Canesport and you ask who has been the top playmaker on defense for the Miami Hurricanes for the past two years, 95% of the people are going to tell you Tyreek McCord. I don't care. Really? What, I don't, yes. Who's been better? The top, the top playmaker on defense? Yes, big plays. Now, I mean, I know for um, fixed this year, and Denzel made that little uh, tackle where he lifted the guy up. But you know, Tyreek McCord is a playmaker. That guy should should never be off the field. That guy makes huge plays in big games. He should never be off the field, especially if you're running a three-four. You got to find. You got to teach him how to cover. I mean, the guy's got all the, the the speed and everything to play. To, to you just got to teach him, you know. Kamalo has. I mean, I look at the, the the JUCO players that they brought in. I haven't seen any of them really develop. I mean, now we hear about Central Henderson, you know, starting for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, this is the story of the the Miami Hurricanes over the past couple of years. No player development. All right, I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> all right. Here, here's what I'm going to tell you. I, I don't, I don't agree with you on Tyreek McCord. Now, you know, obviously, yes, he was the leading sack guy on the team last year because he was the third round pass, third down pass rusher. You know how many sacks he had? And I know you're no longer on the line, so I'm, I'm going to answer the question for you. He had four, okay, four sacks as the third down pass rusher. Now, you know, I'm sorry, you know that does not get it done. That does not allow you to have a winning defense. That does not allow you to compete for conference championships. You got to get a guy in that spot. That's going to give you double digit sacks over the course of a season. Um, it doesn't have to be a rusty Medeiros or a Daniel Stubbs. Who's going to give you 18 or 19. Um, it doesn't have to be somebody that great, um, but it does have to be somebody that's going to get you into double digits. And I just don't know, as we're sitting here today, whether Tyreek McCord uh, can be that guy. I, I, I think they got to find better there, whether it's Chad Thomas or somebody else. All right, um, 646-595-2048. We've um, got a lot of calls on the board. We're going to try to get to as many of them as possible. Let's go now to the 904, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Oh, no, I was just, I was just listening. I wasn't on. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, my, my, my bad. You were already on. Yeah, we'll leave you on yeah. hold. Sorry about that. Um, right. Okay, let's tr- let's try the uh, 305 now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, going twice. 
All right, sorry, you're going to have to call back in. Uh, let's try the 305 again, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Hello? Are you coming on? I know you guys All right, you got to talk to us and and, uh, and not your buddies there. Uh, give us a call back. Let's try the uh, 240, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Gary. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? This is D Black Twenty One. All right, Off D Black. Hey, yeah, how you been? How you been? What uh, what's on your I've mind been, tonight? I've been doing. I'm, I've been doing all right. I've just uh, been listening to y'all talk about the running back position, and I played running back. Actually, I'm in my college Hall of Fame for running back. Really? And I what I college? Was, I went to school up in Massachusetts. So, what's and cool? I know how y'all talking about Duke Duke Johnson, and the injury that he obtained obtained against Florida State, that could have happened him running outside. As a running back, of course we don't want them to pound Duke inside all the time, but when you know, when teams know they're going to get him on the edges, you've got to hit him between the tackles once in a while. Not saying all the time, but Duke has to be able to run in between the tackles sometimes. Would you agree does with he that? Have to do it on, does he have to do it on third and two? No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. That's why you need a big back for third and two. Yeah, I mean, that's where I thought it became a problem last year is that they were also using them in those situations on third and two when all the big bodies are crowded into the middle of the field. And, um, you know, yeah, you got to do it on first and second down, but the defense is more spread out. That's that's true. Now, another question, and this is about uh, Mr. Gray, the brother that just got in. Where do you think the best fit for him is for our team? Um, I'll tell you, you know, I don't think they know yet. I mean, it, it, he's going to get his first shot at running back. But I'll tell you, if you just looked at him, um, uh, just, just to, you know, just well, you know, put him to the look test, you'd be sitting there thinking, you know, linebacker, maybe. Okay. You know, you know he, he looks like a linebacker. He's a big kid. He's, he's developed and muscular. Um I want to watch him for a few days at running back before I comment too much. And a couple of people have been asking me about this on the message board as well. Um, I want to watch him in practice the next few days at running back. And, and when we come back next Tuesday on this show, call back in and let's talk a little bit more about him. And I'll be able to give you a much more educated opinion based on what I see. Um, Definitely. But uh, he'll be making his debut out there tomorrow. Definitely. Two more things. One is a, com- one is a question. One is a comment. The question is, how do you think Tucker's going to be now moving back to linebacker? Man, I you know, <laughs> these guys that bounce back and forth, it, it never seems to work out. <laughs> you know, Walter Tucker, to me, was doing a really good job at running back in spring practice when I was watching yeah. him. And, yes, yes, you know, he I did. Thought he had a, I watched him. I thought he had a great spring. I, I really did. I thought he had one of the better springs on the football team. And I agree with you. I agree they, with you, Gary. I thought he did, too. <laughs> You know, they still have not officially said that they're moving him. I mean, he's still on the roster uh, with his old number as a running back, and we're looking today, and all of a sudden we see this kid wearing number four playing linebacker, and we're like, who the hell is that? And then we we realize it was Walter Tucker. Well, Coach Golden hasn't even told anybody that he's moving Walter Tucker to to linebacker from running back. I don't know if if it's a one-day experiment or what it is. We'll see tomorrow. But um, so it's not even official yet. 
but he was working at linebacker today. So I don't wow. know. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't ever see those things you work. Yeah, it only worked once, and that was with DJ Williams. But you know, he was yes. he was a different he was a different animal. <laughs> but you exactly, you're talking about a kid there that was the, what the number one recruit in America as a high school yeah, exactly. player coming out of California. I exactly. mean, was, you could put him anywhere. Animal. Yeah, he's still in the NFL. I, you know, I mean, you could put exactly. him anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, diff- I know you got other callers that want to get on Gary, but I just want to say I'm gonna definitely be a. a, a consistent with my calls every Tuesday. I listen to the show all the time. And, man, I just expect nothing but great things out of for our program this year. It's time for us to make those strides forward to, you know, get back to what we're accustomed to, and that's real Miami football, you know, kicking ass and taking names. And that's what all the Kane fans are hoping for this year, Gary. All right, well, thanks for uh, calling in tonight. We'll uh, talk to you next week, and we'll follow up on those uh, Trayon Gray questions. All right, let's go out now to the um, 805, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's up, Gary? It's uh, Cali 16 again. How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, Did you want to come? Will, will Golden start uh, a true freshman at quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> they will if he's the best. You know, I think I think. Look, I, I, let's be honest. I, you know, I think it's going to be close. I, I think Heaps and Kaya are going to be right there together. I think it's you know, you're talking about 30 collegiate starts, the zero collegiate starts coming out of the gate, road game on Labor Day night, national TV, the the big game in town, everybody watching, um, ESPN. I mean, I have a hard time putting a kid who's coming out of high school who's never played in the college game. Um, out there on the field. I, I just I don't think that that's going to happen. I think Jake Heaps takes the first snap this year for the Hurricanes, uh, just my opinion, unless something totally insane happens here in the next few days with Ryan Williams. You saw them all practice today. Um, how would you rank their, uh, you know, what they did on the field today? Um, well, they all had their ups and downs. It's first day of practice. I, I, I liked some of the things I saw from Rozier today. I thought he made a couple really nice plays. Um, Kaya at times looked really good. He, he throws a beautiful football, um, but he, he did also have some timing issues through behind a few receivers. Uh, Heaps, uh, same thing, um, made a couple nice throws, but also had some that weren't so great. So I'm looking for those guys to get progressively better every day. I don't think the first day of practice – is the time to evaluate quarterbacks. I think you got to give the offense um, a good four, five, six days to start getting their timing down. But uh, we'll, we'll know more here soon. I think Heaps looks like an equipment manager. He doesn't look like a D1 quarterback. No, he definitely does not. <laughs> it's, I know. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of startling, but no, he does not. It's a little bit alarming. Um, so I know you're not big on Kevin Olsen, but did he show any improvement – from the spring until now, today's practice. Wasn't asked to do a lot. You know, I mean, they were running uh, Heap's first team, Kaya's second team, um, and then they were giving Olsen and, and, and Rozier and and Ryan Williams some reps in between. Uh, so he wasn't really asked to do a whole lot today. So I can't really say he made an impression one way or the other. It sounds like Golden's kind of in his court and is willing to support him to – be eligible for the first game of the season based on how he answered a few of your questions and, and some no, of the interviews. No, I, I, would, 
I wouldn't read that into it. I, I think that he just has a policy of not commenting on suspensions that are made by the university. Um, and in, in a case like this where, um, well, at least it's alleged that he failed the drug test, that's a university deal. The university suspends the student athlete. And I think what Al Golden is saying is that you know those type of suspensions he's not going to comment on. And then even when he suspends guys – for violation of team rules, he doesn't really elaborate very much on it either. So, I heard I heard it uh, calms his nerves though a little bit. Well, you heard what calms his nerves? Uh, what he got suspended for? Oh, <laughs> yeah, funny guy. All right, you got anything else tonight? That's it. That's it, man. I, I just that's your that, party. Uh, that's your party shot. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm supporting cause. I'm from California. I'm supporting cause. We got you. All right, uh, give us a call uh, another week. Thanks for being part of the show. Uh, let's go now to the 678, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? I'm, uh, I'm good. You doing all right? Doing good, doing good. What you got for us? Okay, yeah. A uh, couple of questions and comments. Uh, all right, this is CD Wright 40. And, hey, what's up, uh, CD? I, uh, man, I've been listening to your show. you got a good show going. I think this is and, the first time you've called us, though. Yeah, I mean, I've you, been post, trying to... you post on the board all day long, but I think this is the first time you've ever come and been part of this show. Welcome. I, tr- <laughs> I try to get on, but then you know, something, something always gets gets in the way. You know, life happens, you know. Um, but, okay, get, getting to it. Uh, but listen to your show all night, and one of the things that occurred to me is, um, you know, this is a rebuilding project, first of all. And if anyone thinks that, Golden was going to come in and have signature wins and within three years, and they were going to have playmakers all throughout the defense. And I'm not even talking about the so-called black cloud or whatever people like to refer to that whole fiasco. I'm just talking about a guy coming in taking over a job that needs to be done, okay, in general. Um, So having said that, if you look at, you know, the win totals, you look at some of the things that he's doing with the program, I, I would say in general, uh, we're looking for a lot of things that we're, we're, we're really, it would be, we'd be hard-pressed to get by this point in the game. Um, and I guess this going to lead into my question. Um, playmakers, especially on defense, because as far as the offense is concerned, a pretty, pretty much we all have a pretty good idea of uh, – what kind of playmakers are over there for the most part. And then on the defense, who – I'm trying to put my finger on other than Denzel Perriman. I like Howard. I like Perriman. Okay? Um, KL, I kind of agree with what KL was saying to you, okay, as far as McCord. I think you don't give him a lot enough. I think there's, a, there's something in between. I think he's not giving enough credit, but – Okay, I'm probably was giving him a little too much credit, but I, I think you're not giving him enough credit, <laughs> okay? Well, because even though he's a specialist, I mean, you're, you're asking me to give credit to a guy that had seven unassisted tackles, six assisted tackles, thirteen total tackles, and four sacks in an entire season as a third down rush end. Think about what you're okay. asking me to do here, CD. Okay. Okay. I'll, Granted, though, you, you, we're talking about a, a very young player that is a situational player. He's okay? a junior now. He's at, well, yeah, no, he's a junior. He's a junior now, okay? But I'm talking about when he came in as a freshman to now, with with what he was asked to do, 
I think he's basically done a pretty good job. Obviously, he'll be asked to do more. But I think they should have asked depends, him to do more last year. It depends what your standard is. Like, what what's the standard? When okay. you say he's done, he's done a pretty good job in relation to what? Like, on a defense in relation that, to what he's asked to do. that loses a, to Duke and gets blown out by Louisville and, and – no. And no, kind no. of flounders in the last half of the season, and you have another no. another season that nobody's happy about. I mean, what's the standard? Are you talking here's about a on a standard. championship defense? Does Tyree no, McCord here's, line here's... up line up for a top ten team? Okay, uh, I'm going to answer your question. Here's the standard. Usually, the way that it works is if you're a young player, they'll give you a role, and if you execute that role, they'll give you more. Okay, I think that he executed the role he was given. Four sacks. Okay. As a third down pass specialist. And he executed that role well. Four sacks in, in 13 games. Four, uh, well, all right. I, we'll, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that. I, I, I still think that. You know, Four sacks in 13 now. games? That's I mean, come on, man. What, what are you, <laughs> the, guy, the guy came in as a freshman. He did a good job. He did a good job in big games with the lights on. Okay. Let's see what he can do this year. We'll just leave it at that at that. But other than that, um, <laughs> you got to understand. Look. You know, I mean, and, and I'm not one of these, you know, crazy guys that's been around Miami forever or whatever. And you know, I my job is to give it to you guys straight. I I give you the positive. I give you the negative. I try to stay objective and 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 have that tunnel vision to give you an opinion. I see a kid there who I, I think he's a good football player. He's a good to me. He's a reserve. He, he had four sacks as a, as a pass rush specialist in 13 games. I think he had two the year before. Um, if I'm, I'm going on memory on that, I'd have to look it up. And to me, that's just not good enough. And, you know, guys like you, you know, everyone sits on the message boards and talks about how bad the defense is and Mark D'Onofrio has to be fired and, and this and that. Well, the reason you're having those conversations is because what's going on isn't good enough. And this is a perfect example. Four sacks. In an entire season, 13-game season, uh, by your special, uh, okay, the guy that you're putting in the game to go get the quarterback is not good enough. I don't, I don't, I'm going to disagree with you, man, because this is a situational that's, that's passer and a bad, on a bad defense, okay, that is not able to stop the run as a – I guess what is he? A, he was a true sophomore, okay? And you're asking this guy to come in there against Florida and make plays. He's making plays against Florida. He got yeah, your four sides. But look at all the pressures he had. He had a lot of pressures. Athletic guy comes up the edge. I kind of like the dude. I'm, I kind of agree with KL on that one. I, I, I kind of like him. Yeah, he could be more productive. But you know what? I mean, you're asking him to be a big-time playmaker, year three of a big rebuilding project as a sophomore. I think you got to take a little bit off of that. Well, not one, Gary. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, all right. I mean, listen. You know, like I said, I don't. I don't play. Fa- I, you know, I'm just here to give you honest opinions, and I just don't I think that, that. I don't think that that level of performance in that role is good enough if you're talking about being a, a great defense or even a very good defense. So, anything, so any other year, topics you want to touch on tonight, CD? Um, special teams. And then I'll let you take some other callers, but quickly. Um, as far as our special teams are concerned, are they going to still have Duke back there, or do you think, or are they going to put someone else back there to, and you know, keep Duke fresh? You know, I, I find it hard to believe they're going to take him off kickoffs. <laughs> you know, he's he's so good at it. Uh, so we'll see. 
you know, I, I think they are going to have some other options, but uh, you know, keeping Duke Johnson healthy is definitely going to be a priority. And they may decide that you know if they have other guys that can return kickoffs and just keep Duke on the offense. We'll see. Okay. All right, man. Good show. Uh, and, um, could Year be returning kicks, or is he back yet? Probably too small. I I don't know. You know, to 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 me, it seems like he's too small for those collisions. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he definitely can athletically. All right, great show, right, Gary. Stevie. I'll try to call in. I'll try to call in more. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, please do. Um, and, and, and love love your work every day on the message boards. You really do a great job. And you know you're you know you really you think out what you say, and you're very well spoken. And uh, we appreciate you being a subscriber to Kane Sport. Oh, thanks a lot, man. No problem. I, All right. I love All right. Site. All right, CD. Thank bye. you. Good hearing from yep, you. Bye. All right. Um, we're just about at the end of the show. I'm gonna try to fit in one or two more calls here. Um, We'll go a little OT. Let's go to the uh, 678 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Gary, I'm doing well. What about yourself? Doing good, doing good. Um, give it to us quick here. Sorry that you're getting in at the end of the show, but uh, give it to us no, quick and we'll okay. try to uh, okay. do it. No, okay. I was, um, you know, I've listened to a lot of callers who called in, and I think the thing that needs to be addressed, and, you know, when you look at Coach Golden, he's still a young coach. Okay, this is his second full term being a full-time head coach. Previously, he was at Temple, and prior to that, he's been assistant coaches. You know, at the University of Virginia, he's, you know, he came from Penn State. I think a lot of decisions that he has made has been due to the fact that he's a young coach. He's made mistakes. And if you take anybody in any type of employment whatsoever, you're going to make mistakes right off the bat. And people have to look at, when I look at Coach Golden, who did he cut his teeth under? Basically, Paterno, and I forgot the coach that was at Virginia. Those are the guys he cut his teeth under. So I think when you build a staff, and this was one of the mistakes that Randy made. Randy had no prior experience being a head coach. Had he been a head coach at Eastern Carolina or anywhere like that and then got a job at the University of Miami, he would have been groomed as a head coach. And I think the favoritism that Golden has given D'Onofrio, I mean, if you look at anybody going into an occupation, who has the opportunity to go in any appointment and have three bad years? My business is sales. If I have two bad years, I'm going to be fired and somebody's going to replace me. I think there is talent on this team, and I think with good coaching and development. And like someone said about Tyreek McCord, I'm not going to hamper on it, Gary, but I've been around Miami football a long time. Tyreek McCord has played partially his freshman, his sophomore year. He has not played the minutes as an Anthony Ciccolo, okay? He has not played the minutes as some of the other players as a Curtis Porter there. He was not full-time. When he went in there, he went in there third down, only. They did not have a package to put together for him. And I listened to you, and you were saying he's a tweener. They knew that when they recruited him. But you have to develop someone. You have to put him in a, a system where he can be successful. And I just think a lot of mistakes were made, and I'm not going to harp on it. The fact of the matter is, Gary, Golden's a young coach, and he's going in year four. 
It's time to grow up. It's time to put together a plan. If it doesn't work, make business decisions and make changes because nobody in any profession can last that long and make mistakes. Hey, great. Anything? Great, great, great uh, final points uh, for the night. You know, I, I mean, he is, a, a, in, in that sense, a young head coach, and I do think he's learning a little bit. I mean, even though yeah, but, he was at, you know at Temple and okay, had success at Temple, I, I think that, you know, playing – yeah, I think Miami plays and, at a different level. And, and, you know, Gary, here's the thing. I think the biggest thing when you're looking at somebody hiring, okay, whether in your occupation or anyone else, some jobs you have to get the experience somewhere else. Because of the situation, I think they made a rash hire, Okay. And I'm not saying Golden's not good. I'm not saying what he did at Temple was was not admirable. But I think certain jobs, if you don't have the experience level, you're not going to get that job. And I think had he come from a program, you know, let's just say uh, East Carolina, okay, or North Carolina, or let's, you know, you can say Marshall. Had he been at a larger program, that's on that level, or Utah, then, and then you get hired into Miami where he's been there, let's say, five or six years. He knows how to deal with the boosters. He knows how to deal with the students. He knows how to deal with recruiting. All these things he would have mastered on a level. When I look at the staff that he put together, you need to have experience. When you look at who has developed and who hasn't, all you have to do is look at a person, it's like looking at their resume. Who did they learn under? That's why if, if I was Miami, I would have targeted someone, and I hate to say this guy's name, but I would have targeted someone like, you know, uh, Kirby, Kirby Smart, who's at Alabama. This guy is seasoned. He's worked under someone who's, who's learned how to Never run been a head program. Coach but that's, it doesn't matter. Look at the fact that where he's been seasoned. Look at Jimbo Fisher. He was never head coach. But look who he cut his teeth under. And that's my point. When I look at who Al Golden cut his teeth under, those guys, you know, are not were not progressive guys. They really weren't. I mean, but Joe Paterno, Paterno was a good, solid coach, but you wouldn't call Joe Paterno a defensive wizard. You wouldn't have called him a offensive wizard. None of those names would you tag to Joe Paterno. But Joe Paterno had tough defenses, and, you know, he ran a solid offense. That's it. But he's only had, what, correct me if I'm wrong, one national title in all those years that he was a head coach at Penn State, and that was off of five turnovers from Vinny, you know, at that game. So, like I say, and I know you have to, you know, cut it, cut it to get another call in. I just, I just look at this. No, you're the last call of the night. You're, okay. You're... Well, I just, I just look at where we are, and a lot of decisions. You know, it's, it's an old saying: you are where you are based on decisions you make. And when I look at Golden, I think he's learning, um, but I still think. He needs to make a decision going forward. If you want to go to that next level, 
And I remember something that Howard Schellenberger said, and he wasn't attacking Golden. He said, look at the conditions that I had when I started at Miami. And everybody knows that, you know, you've been on 30-30, but I'm 48. So I've watched every Miami championship. The conditions that Howard had, and I'm from Florida, the conditions that Howard had were worse than what Golden's faced with. And Golden has all the advantages whatsoever, technology, um, equipment, you name it. Miami has. I've never seen Miami get behind a coach financially with the facilities. Look at all the upgrades that they're doing now. The previous coach, one coach that never has gotten his due was Erickson. Erickson won two. Erickson won two national championships, ran a spread offense the entire time. Remember he had the one back, Leonard Cole in the back. He spread out three or four wide receivers. I think if you get the right person for the job, you can be successful. And I think this year alone, and I read somewhere in the Miami Herald, where one of the boosters said clearly, they said, we're going to watch this year. They know what they've invested. They know the talent is there. You can't let somebody keep raiding your backyard and making excuses. It's, it's, you know, and that's it, any job. People are not going to buy, you know, the NCA, the cloud. They're not going to buy that because they're going to always look at other people and say, okay, well, look at this person over here. Look what Gus Mazon has done for Auburn. When he left Auburn, Auburn had just won a national title. When he came back to Auburn, he helped Auburn get back into the national title. Now, granted, they're loaded with, you know, you may say better talent. But the point of the matter is some people know what to do with what they have, even if it's less. And some people, you can give them everything in the world. They still can't do nothing with it. And also, I'm one of your subscribers. I'm Raw Dog. All right, Raw Dog. Hey, thanks for the call. Uh, You made some great points. Uh, Perfect call to end the show. And I uh, hope you'll call us back on uh, in future week. I will. All, All right, right, man. Gary, thanks, have a good night. Th- th- thanks for the thoughts. Um, well, guys, it's a great show. Um, I-, I think we're going to end it with that. I-, I-, I stirred up a storm here with all this Tyreek McCord talk. People are mad at me. i got to go to the message boards and uh, deal with that a little bit. But I'm coming armed with facts, baby. I'll tell you that. Because anybody that wants to sit there and challenge me and tell me that Four sacks in a 13-game season is good enough to be a good defense. Well, I'm going to tell you to pull up the stat sheet, and I just picked the team out of the blue. I picked that Louisville team that stampeded the Hurricanes in the Russell Athletic Bowl. And you want to know what their two pass-rushing guys did? Marcus Smith, 14.5 sacks last year. Lorenzo Maudlin, 9.5 sacks. And And then they had another guy who had four and a half sacks, Preston Brown. So they had three guys on their team that would have led Miami in sacks last year. Still say that if you're going to have specialists, it's going to be third down pass rushers. You want them either approaching or exceeding double digit sacks. And then you could call yourself a good or great defense. And then your defense is going to be getting off the field on third down, something that Miami was not able to do last year. So I guarantee you, 
that that's what Mark D'Onofrio and Al Golden are working towards out there on the practice field. Practice began today. We hope we gave you some insight into what went on out there. We'll be out there every day. If you go to canesport.com, you'll see the level of coverage we're going to give you um, all kinds of notes and stories and videos and, and everything else. Um, you're going to get that level of coverage throughout the entire fall camp. We'll be back here on Kane Sport Live every Tuesday night, our next show next Tuesday night. So for everybody that called in tonight, thank you for participating. For everybody that listened, we appreciate you, and we'll see everybody next week. Good night, everybody. <laughs>